0: On this episode of the podcast, we sit down with one of our newest Strongman Corporation pros, Bobby Thompson. We get into a lot of fun things about life, love, liberty, and we just sit down and discuss kind of the things that we like to do. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Keep tuning in to the H2O cast and like us on Facebook, on Twitter. Go check us out on the Instagram uh, everything is H2O Cast. Pretty easy to find. That's H2O C A S T. Check out our sponsors. They're only people that I actually believe in. Uh, they're only companies that I actually use. Uh, I'm not going to ever really sell out to just whoever's going to give me money. That's not what this is about. Um, the H2O Cast is it's about having great conversations with great people. So I really hope you enjoy Bobby Thompson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This segment has been brought to you by. Bull Strong. Bull Strong is an apparel company started by a good, close, personal friend of mine named Bull. Now, I'm here to tell you about what Bull Strong really is. Bull Strong is a mentality. It's a belief that you can do anything. You've trained your mind as hard as you have your muscles. You believe in yourself, and you know your own potential. You're the type of person who stands up for what you believe in. You do what you say, and no one doubts it. To be truly Bull Strong, the word quit not in your vocabulary. If you're listening to this and you instantly thought that fits your description, then support our brand. Proclaim to the world, you are indeed Bull Strong. You can access Bull Strong on Facebook. Just go and search Bull Strong. He'll he'll pop right up. You've got Bull Strong Apparel. It's bull-strongapparel.com. To put it simple, Bull Strong is a company that don't suck and we are live um so bobby let's hear about you man um
1: who are you where are you from where'd you come from how the hell did you just pop onto the strongman scene uh well um as far as where i've come from i'm a military brat so i've been all over the place uh started in germany my uh, dad's last duty station was hawaii and then we came here um as far as jumping onto the strongman scene, I uh, did a small show at CrossFit Full Circle called the Beer City Brawl. At the time, I was a personal trainer in a gym, and who, the gentleman who turned out to be my coach later on down the road and still is now got wind. A couple of us were doing it, and he heard it went well, and then he and I started chatting, and then we really started training. and Things just kind of went to the races. And who, who takes care of your training? Zane Angle. Zane Angle.
0: Yeah, I know Zane. Zane's good too. You know Zane? Yeah, I met him at one of Barry's shows, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, yep. right here in Nova, um, which is this, this place really should be its own freaking country. Uh, yes, it's different than every other place. I mean,
1: well, it changes every time you drive fifty miles and cross the county line. Yeah, so yeah, and it gets worse the more north and east you go. <laughs> so uh, I, I used to live up here and
0: fucking hated it. Just yes. hated it. My last year here was two thousand thirteen. I think I made about 160 grand that year, and uh, I was fucking poor. I'm talking, I couldn't even afford ramen. There were several nights I went without eating just because I didn't have food. I uh, couldn't do anything about nothing. Uh, the rent that I was paying for a basement in next to a washer and dryer mm-hmm. was like 800 bucks a month, and I didn't even have a door. like it was fucking terrible. Jeez. how long goes that? This was 2013. I'm going to tell you, it's gotten worse. Oh, good. Good, good, yeah. <laughs> and you still live here for some fucking reason. I, I'm, I'm going to make my escape one day. I'm going to make yeah. my escape one day. I, I might recommend Kentucky. Really, really nice place. I like um, Kentucky. Uh, super chill and super fucking cheap. Yeah, so I've been told. No. And we do have delicious bourbon. You do. Yeah. And one of these days, I'm going to get this bourbon to be a sponsor for us and provide <laughs> the bourbon that we need for the show. Um, but we drink a little bit of Angel's Envy uh, okay. just because it's a personal favorite of mine. That's fair. And if people don't like it, then fuck them. It's my podcast. I mean, nobody likes bourbon for the first two or three. I don't know. I like it. I'm good with it. I'm good for for well, all I'm, that we need to do. Well, I'm okay with that. So how many years are we talking here for you competing in Strongman?
1: Uh, I think we're going, we're going into year four. I think we're right at the three and a half marker now. Okay, so, and you got your pro card this year at the Arnold? Mm -hmm. this year at the Arnold Classic Amateur. So, was that your first Arnold? So, yes, it was my first Arnold. Um, So, I, I was lucky enough early on in my career, I had a great coach who asked me what I wanted to do. And I told him, and there was nothing extra done. Everything we did was part of the plan to get me to that point. So, the end game wasn't even Arnold. The end game was getting a pro card, going international, and then getting to the big Arnold stage. And he and I sat down as soon as we started and plotted exactly how we were going to go about doing that, and we did. In one contest, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Huh. So let's let's
0: talk about that road up to that point. Um, so you qualified for nationals
1: uh, what last year? So I actually I qualified for nationals on three separate occasions. Okay. Or no, excuse me, two separate occasions, and just never chose to go. Okay. Um, that's that's not the way I wanted to do it. Okay. Um, to me I looked at nationals and I'm not good at math, but I'm a numbers guy and I knew having that many competitors in one weight in one weight class and then you have to basically put your faith in the judges. I, I don't trust human error that much. So I wanted to get as close as I could to the stage, avoiding as much contact with that many athletes as possible, it's less stress on my body. So doing that I knew I had to qualify directly for the Arnold Amateur. And that's when you decided to pick Beast of Bluegrass and Lexington, Kentucky. Yes. And that was
0: April of last year. I was at that show, too. Okay. Um, I've been at all the shows you've been at, but you just had no
1: idea. So you were just like, who the fuck is this Dave guy? Like, I don't I don't know this dude. Well, I've constantly heard the name. So I knew you were somebody important. I just didn't know how important. I don't know about important or not. I'm just there. <laughs> I'm the guy
0: who's dumb enough to keep coming back.
1: That's fair. Uh, we get people to come help at
0: the Arnold at Nationals, you know, as, as staffers. And they get there and they realize, holy shit this is a lot of work mm-hmm. and they never come back. Mm-hmm. Most, all of them just stay gone. Yep. Uh, after day one, they'll be like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go walk around the expo just a little bit. Just, um, you know, text me when you need me. And then I see them the next day and they're like, oh dude, you didn't text me. I was like, bro, the phone's don't work at the expo. Yeah, you, you know that we were gonna get started at eight and we let you in early at 7.30 and you went and walked around and got free shit <laughs> and didn't fucking come back. It's usually how it goes. You're kind of a dickhead. I don't <laughs> like you anymore. Um, but I'm always grateful for help because the less that I have to move is, is much better. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, you guys, you go, you compete, and then at like four or five o'clock, you're done. Yeah. You fucking get to go do the expo, do whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not done. I'm setting up for the next day, and I'm usually there until seven, eight o'clock when they kick us out. And then on like the final day, I'm having to load the truck. Yep. And it usually ends up being me. Uh, Pat Rogers, and then Dion's always there, and Joe's usually got the truck, and there we are, and Sarge is there, and we're, we're loading, and we look around, and we go, where the, where the fuck are all these helpers that we were supposed to have? Where's that football team that was coming, and the wrestling team, and the National Guard, and yeah, they all fucking They laughed. came and got their free shirt and dipped out. Exactly what they did. So yep. anytime I see people with that that National shirt or that Arnold shirt, I'm like, well, I know they didn't compete. I'm like, this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've had some really, really great people that have mm-hmm. come out. Um, a buddy of mine, Matt, um, he actually, he came up knowing Barry. Mm-hmm. He was stationed up here at the Pentagon, he's Air Force. And uh, he got in with Barry and he was like, hey man, I wanna, I wanna go and like help with stuff at the Arnold. What do I gotta do? And he's like, oh, go talk to Dave. And he's like, well, who the hell is Dave? look for the big bald bearded guy in the field <laughs> is running around sweaty and he found me and then him and his uh his fiance uh, not fiance at the time he just actually recently asked her um said hey man uh i want to help and i looked at him and i said all right man you can help but i kind of expected the same thing that everybody else did of bailing and at the end of that whole weekend we were like hey man you're with us now you're a part of the team mm-hmm. because he was there out with out there with me in the snow loading the trucks <laughs> helping paul mauser get stuff helping uh mike bartos get stuff and just loading everything up and that was the guy i was like this is this is the guy we gotta keep around he's in the crew he's gonna work and he's an air force chief oh jeez. Um, yeah so not like a low-ranking guy not a no not not on a smaller level um i want to say he's Majcom level chief. okay um He'll be on the podcast again, too, I think, Mm -hmm. at Nationals because he's in Florida. Um, But Matt's a great guy. Him and Yvette both are just awesome, awesome people. And uh, so there's times when we meet somebody like that. It's like, okay, cool. They're instantly inducted. Yes. And then there's some others that are like, how can we get rid of you? Yeah. Can you uh, go get me a bottle of water from uh, Dayton? That'd be great. (laughs) But um, so you win last year. Mm -hmm. And that was with the end of April for that contest. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're getting ready for the Arnold. Mm -hmm. What did you do between then and the Arnold to be able to come in? And I mean, you really had a dominant victory at the Arnold Mm -hmm. looking at everything. There really wasn't a single event that you struggled on or did badly or middle of the pack. You were really just top of the line, every single event. What did you do in that time to make sure
1: you were going to be ready? What I, so I knew going into that show that generally my strengths tend to play more towards a heavier show. Um, I'm not a huge reps guy. So for me, it was really about switching gears and realizing that most amateur competitions, even at the Arnold, Arnold, they're going to be light by my standard. Um, and that's not a shot at them. That's just I had to learn how to be more of an endurance-based athlete. I had to learn how to breathe. Um, so I honestly, I really stopped focusing on my static strength altogether and just focused on being efficient. Um, little things like uh, my takeoff time for my farmer's walk. I knew my top speed isn't really going to be competitive with the guys like Marcus Crowder, Nick Goltry. But I knew my brake speed could be faster than theirs. Mm-hmm. So I worked on my first, my uh, getting my top speed faster, my brake speed. I worked on my Vipers a lot. Um, I knew the more time I spent bent over with that log, the harder breathing was going to become. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm strong, but I'm a fat guy. Yeah, There's a whole lot going on in the midsection. So, yeah, um, Most of the heavyweights are. Uh, but it gives you that little shelf to put the log on. It does. That, it that in fact, it does. And yeah. it was, a lot of it was also um, learning how to be in the center of a room with that much going on. That was something my coach routinely, he, my gym, where I train, I'm the only strong man. And there's not many people on the barbell side when I go to train usually. Mm-hmm. So he would routinely drag me out of that gym and take me to a commercial commercial gym during peak hours. It's a great time to go train strongman. Well, it would even even if we were doing something like an overhead press, he would put me in places where people would be moving around me constantly. Noise that did not apply to me would be made. It wasn't noise you could predict was coming. It was loud. It was sudden. Basically, putting me in environments that were going to simulate being in that room.
0: Was it the buzzer during donut time at Planet Fitness? Could he take you there for that? <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. We we stayed out of Planet Fitness. We stayed out of Planet Fitness actually. But um, that, that was really about it. I can honestly say I was in really good, I was in really good condition going into Beast of the Bluegrass, which um, there, there was a little bit of extra put behind that competition prep. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying I had to train harder for the Arnold, but a lot of it was truly dialing back, becoming more efficient in the movements, and then just being healthy. I knew, I knew if I showed up healthy, I, I was going to walk away with the win. I knew that going into it. I'd never really felt like that at a competition before. But that was one of the few I knew I was ready for. Yeah. With you qualifying
0: that early, I mean, it really – and no other contest that you wanted to deal with. You didn't want to deal with Nationals or anything else. Nope. You had a lot of time to I just did. be able to do whatever you wanted. And uh, that, that's a huge advantage you have where some of the other guys that, you know, they qualify for the Arnold out of Nationals. hmm They've only got six months. Yep. Well, if they want it National, they better be ready. Exactly. That's pretty much it. And, like, with Crowder, Crowder was ready. He just – I think he needed just one more year. I, You know, I, because
1: he's in great shape. He's doing well. As long as he stays healthy, you give him one more year. And and I agree with that. Crowder's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to describe him as an athlete. Um, he and I talk uh, pretty five, six times a month. Just discussing training, how are things going. Um, when, when he ties it all together, God forbid. Like, that. that's going to be because he's... A lot of people don't realize he didn't get a chance to really display his static strength. So, unless you've been following him and understand what his powerlifting career is, that kid statically is a monster. Mm-hmm. I call him a kid. He's, he's my age. But, statically, he's a monster. Yeah, And he's fast. So, I, I want to be around for the day he ties it all together. I really do. I, I really think the next year, um, that'll be the
0: time. Because Nationals
1: was the eye-opening mm-hmm.
0: to see him come in. I expect him to do well. Mm-hmm. But then for him to just kind of just really blow Nationals out. Yes. Um, And he did really well at the Arnold. Just, it's the fucking Arnold. Yeah. It's really heavy. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck. And, you know, don't Mm -hmm. suck. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, Yeah. So like when, when we were there, you know, and we're watching everything kind of happen. For me personally, I kind of get lost in the minutia. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the next event. What weights are we doing? What, what setup do I have? And occasionally I'll look up and I'll go, Oh, that's a good performance by that one guy over on the left side. Okay, cool. And then I'm, you know, the next five heats, I'm setting something up. I'm getting the lane ready. I'm doing something else. Yes. So I don't get to appreciate the sport nearly as much. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and I still watch the videos <laughs> that people post of how things went. And then I see him bitch. They're like, yes. Well, the deadlift was technically this much weight because of the, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> and I see I see the complaints, and I see the bitching, and I'm just like, Gu- guys, fucking why? If it was five pounds heavier, it wouldn't have mean you won. Nope. It just would have meant you suck a little bit more because
1: you sucked at 745. You would have sucked at 750. If anything, I was happy the deadlift was a little bit heavier because I think it weighed out to be, what, 710, 715? Uh, I don't know. The bar was 45 pounds because I'm the one who made them. Okay, so
0: um, I get those from Gorilla Strength, one of our sponsors. So okay, just in case you ever need a great bubble bar, then <laughs> that's right. the one. Um, but yeah, they were exactly forty five pounds. Yeah, um, for what they weighed, and the plates were the Rogue competition
1: bumper plates. So you can look at them and count it up. That's what it weighed because is what we planned it to weigh. Well, I mean, it's I I was happy because it was I wanted seven hundred for ten, and when I found out it weighed heavier, I hit that for nine. I was like, well, wow, that's a PR. I can check off seven hundred for ten in my book. I just beat that. Mm-hmm. So, but I. I also think all competitions should be blind. I really,
0: I, I wish we could. Yeah. However, uh, we get four people to sign up. Yes. And that's a problem. Yes. Um, because that would not grow the sport. I love the, the old school blind dogs. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, there's a there's a contest this Saturday. We're talking on Tuesday. Hey, man, contest this Saturday. You want to go? Uh, what are we doing? Ah, we'll find out when we get there. Cool. Let's do it. Exactly. And 10 guys would show up, and mm-hmm. that's it. But they were only the super freaks. You had yeah. no lightweights. You got no women going nobody else it's just the super freaks that were already in their self-identified pro class and that's what the 80s and 90s were Mm -hmm. we can't do that now we just can't Um, you know Strongman Corp wants all the athletes to have every bit of information they could possibly get Mm -hmm. to be ready for a show but some of these athletes I swear to god ask the dumbest fucking questions hey um so what color is the uh, the yoke gonna be because, I, one, um, the red paint is going to have more tint, it's heavier, and I need to train for that, and and also I need my socks to match. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I've only seen maybe, maybe half of 1% of some of the replies that Dion gets from these athletes. And I look at them, and I just laugh, because I'm like, that's fucking stupid. And she answers almost every single email. Yes, she does. She does a great job of that. And mm-hmm. how... She deals with all the, um, we'll call them uh, stupid-ass fucking questions. <laughs> How she deals with that, I'll never know. Because then I ask her a question, and sometimes it's a little snippy. But I'm like, wait a minute. Probably somebody asked her ten more questions that were really dumb in the last five minutes. Yes. So I just need to take a step back and go, okay, she's going to answer me. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's okay. She'll
1: get to me when she does.
0: Yeah, yeah, she'll She'll figure it out. And the only rule that I really have with Dion is I just don't text her message or anything. On Sunday. Just don't do that. On Sunday. Okay. That's good to know. Well, it's family time. You know, she's like, hey, I've got volleyball games. I've got stuff going on. I want to do this with my family because she's always gone. Yes. She's always in fucking Lithuania or Poland or Canada Mm -hmm. or out west or on the east coast or wherever. I mean, I went down for Worlds in June and I got a text from her. There's a picture of me. Like, Wait a minute. And I looked at the angle of the picture and I looked over. Oh, hey, what's up? What's going on? Because I just went to watch because, yep. I mean, it's Worlds and it's in the States. So why not? Why the fuck not? Um, affiliation or not, I fuck it. I was there and I had a good car to drive. I got a nice Airbnb. Ah, eh, I'm going. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's that kind of thing. But she saw me mm-hmm. out of that big ass crowd of people. She saw me. I was like, "All right, that makes me feel pretty I good." I
1: mean, you're, you're you're really pretty, and I am. You're I am really, really pretty, pretty, and I'm yeah. sure the sun reflects off that bald head a lot. So it does. And the yeah. beard
0: was oiled. It's not today because I've been riding the car, and it's just <laughs> windblown. blown. <laughs> I might as well rode the motorcycle over here. Um, but you know, it was it was a great time, and it's it's always fun dealing with that. I just wish that some of the athletes would pull their head out of their ass and just stop being so dramatic.
1: Well, and, and, I, and I noticed that and that was something I remember my first competition like I was asking all sorts of questions and it just so happened to be the first competition that this gym had held at CrossFit Full Circle first raw man so I was kind of like or I believe it was their first so and I remembered and then looking back at that now versus when I've sat in the stands for rules meetings and other things and I laugh at people for asking questions and it's kind of like well damn I was like did I sound that stupid holy shit like damn Wow. Okay, that you probably did. Yeah, most that's likely. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. But that, it's it's fine as long as you grow out of it. Exactly. It's the
0: habitual guys. Oh yeah, that bug me.
1: Well, and more importantly, people. If they don't say no, do it. If you don't want them to say no, don't ask. It's a good idea. Like it's it's common sense, people. Like. It, I, I've coined the phrase rare
0: sense because that shit ain't common. Not everybody has <laughs> right. it, so right. there's point, no way. <laughs> point taken, point taken, point taken. <laughs> um, some folks are just just not that bright. Um, and, you know, they're all coming from different backgrounds. They all have different stuff going on. They're coming from all over the country. So I get some of the questions. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff, it's just just silly, silly things. They're way more worried about the color of the shirts than they are about, hey, are we using um, concrete or stone of steel? Oh, okay, cool. Oh, wait, we're doing
1: a deficit deadlift. Oh, no, let's all freak out. Well, everybody has to do the same one. Exactly. Everybody's got to do the same one. And you'll hear a lot of athletes ask those questions. I think they want to know what to bring with them. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I tell you what, you bring everything. Yeah. Like, you you don't just not bring tacky to a competition because it's a stone of steel. Yeah, like y- you don't, you don't know they're g- you don't know if promoters can give hair up their ass. and Say okay, last minute we're going to switch to this. Like yeah. you don't know,
0: and you know what? Equipment does fail. Things happen. Trailers have blowouts on the way to contest. Exactly, it goes down. Yep. I mean, but if you don't have everything, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I'd like to remind you of uh, what Tom Stoltman mm-hmm. uh, had nothing at Worlds. Yep. They lost his fucking baggage. Yep. And you know what? He still competed, made the final ten, and probably one of the best looking performances i've seen at worlds in a long fucking time
1: well, jf crone had a similar situation at a giants live competition they lost his bag he didn't have a well. He, jf doesn't like suits so i don't think he had one with him in the first place but they lost his belt mm-hmm. the man pulled 400 kilos for six or seven reps without a belt on and i was like okay if, if you're don't get me wrong equipment's nice it's great to have i love mine yep but if you don't have it and that's your make or break, you might want to find a different sport to compete in.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing is, if you, if you really need a belt, you can go ask somebody, and they'll, Most they'll they're going to give you one. If they're not in the same heat, you are. Yeah. They're probably going to be like, "Yeah, man, you need a belt. You need some shoes too. Hey, you need this. You need that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've went places and they've lost my bag at the airport. Yep. And you know what? I still competed. Hmm. Still did well. Still had a good time. So exactly. Fuck it. You yeah. You just, you just make it happen. Mm-hmm. So when everybody wants to complain a bitch, I don't know. I just, I just kind of stopped listening to him. Yeah. And, and that's how you get an unfollow from, uh, old Dave on Facebook. That's yes. That's how you get that. Just not, not unfriend. Cause I'll still be your friend. <laughs> I, I'm just, still I just don't want to see your shit. I just don't want to see your bullshit. <laughs> that's it. That's fair. So since the Arnold, you've mm-hmm. been, uh, you've been pretty busy. Mm-hmm. So walk me through that and kind of how, how that's progressed. And, uh, what what has happened since becoming a pro?
1: I mean, jeez. Well, um, the first right after right after the Arnold, I um well, excuse me, right after I w- I received my trophy from the Arnold, I went over to the strongman court booth. Dion asked me to come over. She had a chat with me. We took a picture, and then she immediately looked at me and said, "You know what happens next year, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, the, these events are going to be paid for for me. You know, whichever you know I ask for them, I get a certain number of the Arnold Pro Series events." She's like, "Yeah," but she's like, "I, I need you to get your passport." i was like oh i'll have it for next year she's like no this year she's like you're gonna leave the country at least once this year already and that that was a big shock for me i was kind of like holy shit um and then the first opportunity i was given was uh to go to lithuania to compete and it was i want to say it was the lithuanian grand Prix, i think the show was called um big z was the promoter so at the time i had no idea z was the promoter and i was talking to dion on facebook through messenger and she kept referring to zyzy i was like okay Well, then all of a sudden, oh, here, I'll just put us all in one one chat. I was like, okay. Well, then she puts me in the chat, and I see the top of the message, and it says Sajrona Savikas. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, all right. Now, I I remember sitting at my desk at work that day, and I was like, you are fucking kidding me. I'm in a chat with Sajrona Savikas right now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. This is great. So um, then the next month, I was on a plane to Lithuania. That That was a hell of an experience. It was a great experience. Um, came back thinking like, okay, I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna get some rest before uh, before my Giants Live event. I'd already qualified for, and then she said, hey, she's like, I've got an invite to Canada. You want to go? Sure, when? Yeah, four weeks. <laughs> okay, let's go, let's go do this. And then that was one of the Arnold Pro Series events, and um, that was a huge eye opener because I got to see the level of competition that's potentially gonna be present there. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada was it wasn't my best performance, but I had two. I did very well in two events, but it wasn't my overall best performance. I ended up uh, having a minor injury on the first day, which at that level, it it knocks you out of the running. It truly does. Um, That and also it was neat because winning Canada or having placed top three, I would have made a little bit of money, but it would have already, it would have qualified me for the Arnold pro Ohio, which I was already qualified for. Mm -hmm. So being in Canada, I got to actually focus on the experience. I got to go, I got to learn, I got to sit back and really strategize, okay, next time I'm going to do this differently. So I really had nothing to lose, which which was interesting. Um, did that play against me? I think it did. I think, I think I did hold back a little bit on one or two events, but at the same time, I think being able to hold back, take in where I was, take in how things were happening at that level, is really going to help prepare me for next year. It's almost
0: like you you have repeat years because Mm -hmm. you qualified early. Mm -hmm. You got to take the year just to train, have fun, enjoy Strongman for what it is, not worry about contests. And this year, what you've got is a bunch of contests to do Mm -hmm. that you can also just have fun at. Exactly. You don't have to push for a first place to make sure you get it and injure yourself and and get fucked up. Exactly. Because a lot of the guys go into the, the Arnold Big Show and they're limping in. Yes, um, And they're they're dealing with a, a torn hamstring or mm-hmm. partially torn bicep or a shoulder that doesn't work, Martins. Um, he'll, he'll be on the podcast later. I'll give him shit about that. Um, but, you know, you got guys that are dealing with a lot of injuries. So hopefully through this time
1: you can make it through without any injuries and then place well next year. Yes. Um, so as of right now, I've only got one more competition coming up this year. It's the Giants Live. There potentially is something in October. Um, I'm still working out a few details on that, so I'm don't know if I want to throw that one out there as public knowledge because I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to get some things paid for, um, but then October would be my last one, and that would be in Dubai. Um, I'm, I'm unsure how that's going to play out. I'm still talking to Dion about it, but that's that's a maybe right now. Yeah. But um, and then after that, it's it's off season till the Arnold, Ohio. I'm not going to do anything. Um, I've got some big numbers. I want to do some really big things on that stage, um, especially with the deadlift. And then I'm assuming the Austrian Oaks is going to be happening because it never does not not happen.
0: There's some sort of pressing event. There's some sort of pulling event. There's going to be a throwing event. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a heavy carry, um, one or maybe two, and then there's going to be something else.
1: And then the wheel of pain. Yes, that's just...
0: Are they bringing that back?
1: I have a hard time believing they're not going to. They spent a lot of money. It's huge.
0: It does look cool, but... Yeah, it's... The only injury that I saw on it uh, last year was a really shitty one. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't to a pro, it was to an amateur. And he was actually helping us. And there were some fucking punk kids. We were just sitting over there in the area. We were just hanging out. It was like five o'clock. Yeah. And we're like, we're dead tired. I'm over there using like this massager on my leg. I'm like, oh, this feels fucking great. And everybody keeps coming up. Hey, can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? I'm like, no, go away. No, (laughs) no. Just, it's fenced off. No. (laughs) You cannot jump. Go away. And then this one guy came up, and I was like, man, I didn't care. Dude, whatever. Take a picture. And then they're taking a picture, and I got my back to it. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy Rob looks up, and he goes, hey, man, it's spinning. Oh. What? And I turn around, and there's four of them, and they're all getting it going. And I mean, oh. it's it's moving pretty good. So we're like, hey, guys, stop, 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 stop. They won't stop. So I was like, I just went to put a hand on it to slow it down, at least maybe yeah. stop them a little bit. And Rob came over and helped, too. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he stepped on the mat and put his hand on it, snap, ruptured Achilles. Oh, Jesus. And they heard that, and then they saw it, and then they all ran off. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Luckily, I knew the the head of medical, which is uh, Chad Clark's wife, JC. She'll be on the podcast, I think, tomorrow. Cool. So and it's good to know good people. Yeah. Uh, so I called her up directly. I was like, hey, I need a medical team uh, at the strongman area, like, now. Because otherwise, you got to go try to find one. And at five o'clock, good luck. Yeah, that's not so then two teams showed up within like three minutes because she oh, put the call out, and then they got him off to the hospital, got him checked, ruptured Achilles. He stayed one more day, and he hung out with us, and he got him a little scooter thing. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he was a trooper about it. But I just, I hate that that injury happened, and it's like that shouldn't have been our responsibility. I shouldn't no. have been doing that. I shouldn't have even been over there. Mm-mm. But it fucking happened. Yep. So, damn it,
1: damn it. <laughs> The thing with an Achilles, though, when it ruptures like that, it's not – usually there's – usually you're on borrowed time anyways. Like, things like – it's not really often where things just go boom like that and they just happen out of nowhere. Right. So There was
0: some underlying thing going on. Exactly. And I get it. I just hate that it happened when I was there.
1: I agree. But I'm – I can say that for him it's probably better it happened there than it happened when he was running a yoke, squatting, or carrying something that could have further caused an injury.
0: Right, and then fell on him and possibly killed him.
1: Exactly. Yeah, like when he was loading a stone. Oh, dear God. Hey, exactly. That's That's worst it. case scenario, I mean, I, hey, man, I'm sorry it happened to you, but all things considered, you made out pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be better for it. I'm sure he'll be back next year because we got to give him shit. Um, he's got to be there. <laughs> he's one of the guys that will actually come and stay and um, you know work with us the entire time, and yep. he's he's great guy. Him and, and all the other guys out of that uh, Bixler crew up there. Um, they
1: do just really, really well. So, so do you remember taking an axle to the temple in the warm-ups? Was that you? That wasn't me. I was the one that grabbed you and was checking on you.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That- I remember that, and <laughs> so- I was really pissed off about it because I told them motherfuckers to stop,
1: and they didn't. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So-, so that was you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was the right. one that orchestrated and opened things up, thinking, I was like, okay, like you guys go over there with the barbell. We'll come over here with an axle. We'll go a long ways. They'll drive it right between us. Life will be good. Yeah. Well, then you fucked everything up by backing into that thing.
0: Yeah, it was my fault that I backed in. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. Fucking assholes. Well, th- hey guys, can you, like, knock it off for, like,
1: three seconds while I put this shit away? Well, that female competitor pissed herself. <laughs> that did was, she really? Uh, she, I'm pretty sure she did. When she hit me or? When you turned around. <laughs> oh. Because that was when, because I saw it coming, and I was, like, in slow-mo, and I was reaching out to put my hand on your back to stop you. Yeah. And then you turned around into it, and you looked at, you didn't really look at anybody, but you looked that general direction. I'm pretty sure she pissed herself
0: oh well good yeah. I hope I hope she did and I hope she chafed I really do um but you know I, adrenaline was running if that had hit me any other time of the day I probably would have been like really pissed but it you, just, were,
1: you were pretty pissed it just hit and
0: I was like I got other shit to do I don't have time for this I gotta, yeah, you I gotta were,
1: go you were you were pretty pissed and my first thought was damn this is a big boy if he oh don't don't please don't punch the girl don't please, punch the girl please don't hit anybody like <laughs> yeah that's that violence is not
0: usually my first option um but I might yell at you really loud. Doesn't say um, if I could
1: hit in the head with seven axle.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> I guess I, I don't know. I guess it, it wasn't sharp so it didn't cut or anything. So no. thank God. But yeah, it did hit me in the temple. Um and that kind of that kind of sucked. <laughs> but again, man, when it when it's that time and we're on day 2, you oh, know, man. I'm going at, at such a high pace. You could probably hit me with a sledgehammer and
1: I wouldn't care. I would just keep going. Uh,
0: that would be the, the the way to go with it.
1: Well, you did keep moving. I, I give you credit for that, and I, I've been hit there before, so I know how that feels. Yeah, but that was that was funny, especially when you asked, when you messaged me saying, "Hey, what do you think about coming on the podcast?" and I and I realized who you were, and I was like, "Oh shit, how much of that does he remember?" <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's let's. I I just I try not to focus on the negatives, man. It's
0: um yeah. I have a saying I I, I try to live by now. It's uh, ATP. Mm-hmm. Always think positive. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I'm going to meet better people. Um, I've been very fortunate to meet some of the greatest people in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I drive to Virginia, I go straight to Martinsville because where Pat and Kareem Rogers are. Mm -hmm. And you know Pat. Mm -hmm. And they're just some of the best people that I've ever met in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I'm really lucky to know them. When uh, when my mom was passing away earlier this year, uh, Kareem would message me all day, every day. She was working. She was getting stuff done. But when she had a free second, she would message me because I'm sitting there with my mom. Yep. And she was there for me the entire time. She didn't have to do that. You know, I'm just some dude in Kentucky. She didn't have to care. No. But she did. Yep. And that meant the fucking world to me. Because you, the amount of people that came to see my mom in the hospital, two. Mm. Two people. Uh, her brother and uh, her niece. Yep. And, was, and they came in the same car. So I don't know if that counts as two or not. <laughs> um, But that was it. And then there was me sitting with her for 10 days, you know, while she laid there. And... Uh, you know, to have my strong family be the ones to actually reach out and, and contact me and, and mm-hmm. see how I'm doing. And um, Dion called me, which normally she doesn't call me very often. But she's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. She's like, no, no, no. How are you? How, how fucking are you?
1: Did and, Dion mom you?
0: Um, I think because she's been a mom for so long. Yep. She just does that. And she's done that to me for a long time. She... She feels about me, I think, as a child, but mm-hmm. she never treats me as a child yes, um, so it's a it, it's kind of a, a weird thing, but I think dealing with so many pro strong men in her life mm-hmm. uh, she realizes most of you people are children, Yes. um, and I say you people because you're in that group now,
1: Oh no, she momed me in Canada, I got mommed. Yeah, yeah, right after I got hurt, I got mommed. yeah,
0: um I may have been yelled at by Dion more than anybody else <laughs> yeah. um in public um in front of like ten thousand people
1: yeah. um. <laughs> But it's okay, because I know where it comes from. It's... <laughs> I got yelled in, at in the competitor's tent in front of strong, some of the strongest men in the world. Yeah. So, isn't it nice? I don't know who your 10,000 people were, but... Uh, all the ones at the Arnold. Because it was ah, on the stage. Okay. Yeah. The main, main stage. Oh, yeah. 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 It, was,
0: it was good. But, you know what? I fucked up, and uh, I fixed it, and uh, we moved on. Exactly. I, I I wasn't mad about it, nothing mm-hmm. else. People came up to me like, how'd you let her do that? I was like, "And it's not about letting her do that. If I hadn't have pissed her off, I guess she wouldn't have yelled at me. Yeah.
1: That's all it is, and you know we're going to go out to dinner later, and it's going to be fine. Well, I was, I'm in the tent after being kind of pulled off, pulled off the arena floor. Everybody's asking, "Are you okay?" Like I'm trying to communicate with a medic who doesn't speak English, and that was the most patient man in the world because I almost kicked him the chest five or six times. Um, but he, what, did he speak French, or? yeah, just French, just, just French. French. Yeah.
0: How do they bring French only to so, a Canadian thing? So
1: he was the only one, in, the only medic in the tent, and he only spoke French. But there were there was a woman from the massage therapy table that I think knew him. And she ended up coming over and trying to translate. But he was getting all sorts of irritated, and so was I. But everybody's coming over. You okay? Even JF came over and asked if I was all right. Um, Jimmy Puckett was, hey, man, are you good? And between all that, here comes Dion, comes running through the tent. Well, how long have you known about this injury for? (laughs) 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 So I explained everything to her in the timeline. And so you've known about this for that long, and you still tried to pull the truck. Yes, Dion. I got the mom sign, and she walked away from me in a few minutes, and then came back and was like, okay, well, next time we're going to do this. Yeah. And it really felt like I was being scolded by my mother. Yeah. Um, And really, all of of that comes from, like, the best place in her
0: heart. Because she just wants you to be okay. Yes. She wants you to stay safe and do do well. She's told me many times, she's like, look, if Strongman is going to get in the way of your family, you need to fucking quit. Yes. And I'm like, but I I love this sport. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of encompasses my whole life. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Your family is the only one you have. Yes. Take care of them. Um, And she told me that with my ex-wife and now with my ex-girlfriend. So I'm noticing a trend. Um, (laughs) So how many of you lost to Strongman? Not because of Strongman, but just for other reasons. Strongman didn't help.
1: It it really didn't. I'm at Um, at two. It's okay. Yeah.
0: With with my ex, it was, you know, I made it to where she could travel a lot. She went from never traveling ever to the first six months she was with me. We put on like 15,000 miles. Yep. So we traveled. And I took her to Vegas, we went all kinds of cool places. We went to Florida, uh, down to Georgia, fucking, you know, Virginia, a bunch. Her mom's actually from here, well, lives here now, um, and we did all that. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, but I want travel for me, not for Strongman. I was like, yeah, it's kind of quid pro quo, like yep. that's how this works, is that's how I get to travel, is because of these shows. And she's like, yeah, uh, I want to go to Disneyland. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. No. So. Uh, it wasn't like beginning to the end, but it was just one of those sticking points that we had. And you it knew was it was just, coming. Yeah. So when uh, when it was over, she said, "I don't want to do strongman anymore." I was like, "Okay, you know, no big deal." But I'm still going. Yes. I'm still gonna go do my trips. And she's like, "Well, I know you're gonna feel resentment towards me for that." I'm like, "No, you'll be here playing video games. I don't really give a shit. It's okay. <laughs> you know what I do with these shows. Like, I'm not talking to women. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. you know chat them up or anything else. I'm not really drinking. I go and I work my ass off." And I go to bed. Yep. And I wake up at five the next morning, hoping everybody shows up in the lobby for breakfast because that's like the best part of my day. Yep. And then I go work my ass off again. Yep. And it's usually four or five days of that. And then I come home. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's what my life is. So for for any of them to, you know, get mad at me for that, it's like, well, fuck it. But I've also never dated within Strongman. I've never dated like a female competitor yeah. or anybody. And it's just like it's not that I don't find them attractive. Mm-hmm just when i'm on mm-hmm. I'm on i'm not trying to get trim I'm just here
1: yes and
0: i just don't focus on that and it
1: just never never happens i i tried dating a competitor once and it it, it worked for about a year but ultimately i i don't think i'm not gonna say it can't be done but it's difficult you yeah. I mean, know it's, it's
0: nice to have the same you know ideology and you know same goals and stuff but mm-hmm. i just I, I don't i don't know that i I don't know that I can do it. Because most of us are narcissists. Yes. And you put two of them in the
1: same room, it it's difficult. Yes. It's hard to do all the time. You, you so. basically need a sidekick. I hate to say it, but ultimately that's what, and that's a really bad way to say it, but you need, yes. you need a sidekick. Yeah. You need somebody that likes what you do, but is not
0: super into what you do. Exactly. Um, there's only a few, like, even married couples that I know of that are able to pull it off. And you'll notice, like, a lot of the women... When they get done with one, they go to another one that's also yep. in the sport. And guys do the same shit. They just keep it a little bit more on, on the DL. Yep. Um, but the girls all date the same kind of guy each time. And it's like, why do you keep doing that? Yep. You know, I mean, so it's just, uh, I don't know, I, I guess it's just part of the process for them and what they want. They want somebody going to be able to support them and do those things. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just don't, yeah. I've never, I've never wanted to. Know. There's, some, there's some middleweights out there that are, wow i mean just even a couple of the heavyweights i'm like wow that's that's amazing but i'm just like no yeah that's just, a- like if it were to come up i'm like mm-hmm, no and any of them that like kind of come underneath my wing i give them any kind of advice on something i look at it as a, as a coach client relationship yep and then i'm just like it's off it's gone yeah so as it stands right now um, you're making all this money doing strongman because you're a pro now because you're super rich. <laughs> so, what's your normal job? What actually pays your bills?
1: Uh, so, I'm actually a logistics contractor for the U.S. government, um, and then I moonlight as a bouncer most weekend nights. So, how is that bouncing? I mean, so how how can I phrase this without losing my job? I hate bouncing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't hate the place I work. I just hate bouncing. I've also been doing it for almost ten years. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's it's easy money, I mean, but it's it's not something I enjoy doing. Right. But I don't, I wouldn't be doing anything else with my weekend time anyways. Training, but it's at night, so yeah. Uh, it. Yeah, I have to find ways to spend my time doing things responsibly, because then I will just go train, and then I'll just train all the time and get hurt. Right.
0: Because yeah. you have Giants Live next week? Yes. Yes. So, are you actually like calming down a little bit, or are you still trying to go in there and do max lifts and hit ninety percent on everything?
1: Not at all. Um, I've actually this is the first time I can say I have dialed back and really calmed down for a show, and it's because I had to. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got some. I've got. I've got some. I won't say nagging injuries, but my body was giving me some very clear signs. Hey, something's up. Time to rest. Exactly. Um, So I've been getting getting a lot a lot of dry needling done, relaxing. I haven't really done any cold tub therapy or anything like that because, well, I don't have a bathtub big enough to get into. So, uh, I recommend a horse trough. You can get them at uh, Tractor Supply. You can, but finding a place to store them is also very interesting. You have a balcony right out here I saw. Yeah, yeah, I think it would fit out there. I don't, uh, I don't even stand on that balcony.
0: All right, then outside your front door, there's a there's some stairs out there. Yes. Next to them stairs, I think it'd be fine. next <laughs> next to those stairs, I think it will be
1: fine. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be there very long. Yeah,
0: and I think if you do the uh if you do the piping right, I've got some uh some how-to videos. You can make it a hot tub and or ice bath, depending on the campfire you have next to it. So we can make that work. I mean, we can get you some treatments.
1: I don't think I want to be the first one to try
0: this. <laughs> I mean, I have built them.
1: So I mean, it's
0: it's effective.
1: It's just, you know, a little it's, it's a little hippie-ish, I, you know. Can I get some customer reviews on these first, or? Uh,
0: I'll get back to you on that. Okay.
1: Because uh, <laughs> I- <laughs> the, the burns were not severe, so, I mean, I think they're going to be a fine. All right, yeah, you, um But, you know. You don't take advice from a guy who won't, who builds his own houses only for himself. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. But uh, I live
0: here. We yeah, have there's a hole right there, bro. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't mind it, though. Yeah. I don't <laughs> walk under the hole. Like, <laughs> Don't walk in that area, I don't yeah. understand. It's a skylight, it's free light. Yeah. It saves on energy. So.
1: <laughs> no, but th- a lot of this, I can't even call this competition prep, it's more been recovery. Because um, I've been competing essentially every month if not every other month since Arnold. So it's been just really about, okay, surviving, treading water, um, which was something I, I learned more about when I was in Canada, because talking to those competitors, those guys are competing 12 to 15 times a year, sometimes more. And these are the guys, bear in mind, the guys and the females that don't do this for a living. They're pros, but they have full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. They're still competing 12 to 15 times a year. Wow. And that's not not like, okay, you've got this freak over here, this freak. No, that's all of them, 12 to 15 times a year. What's different
0: for for Canada as it is for American athletes? Because I don't know any American pros that are competing – more than even
1: six times a year. Well, so the best part is is that most of those shows they're competing at are within Canada. They have that much support from their from the, the province that they're in. Yeah. Um, I, I learned it's not all provinces, but there are, there are quite a few of them that support the sport to that extent. Right. They do. And they set it up, and they make it happen. They're taking care of their athletes. Um, most, if not all, the shows, they're paying for them to get there, or at least giving them something to get there. They're paying for their stay. They're not paying to do—they're not paying to compete— and there's usually cash payouts. Yeah. They're usually paying them money to do well. And yet we have
0: more pro athletes here than they do. And we set up a show. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, guys, here's America's Strongest Man. Mm-hmm. Really big show. Yep. Really prominent show. Mm-hmm. And like six people fucking sign up. Yep. What the hell? Uh, you know, Whether it was paid for or not, they, they've got it. The athletes themselves have to show some sort of interest. You yes. have to say, hey, I want to go and win this. And then you get somebody like, if, if Shaw signs up, everybody fucking backs out. Because they're like, well, I'm not going to win. They're scared. Well, that's their fucking problem. Mm-hmm. But he shouldn't be winning by default no. on anything. He can be
1: beat. Yes. It is possible. Look at Worlds. Yes, Look at the Arnold. He can be beat. Well, and Shaw doesn't want to be beaten by he default. Does, he doesn't want to win by default. No, he wants to beat the best that's out there.
0: Exactly. Um, and that's why he chooses to do worlds and the arnold
1: exactly almost and exclusively now yes so. which makes sense i mean and it, it's just it's it's a really well-developed sport there it truly is i mean the athletes are getting sponsorships from car dealerships grocery stores i mean things that here in the states you would look look at a company for like why well, is he sponsoring a strongman like well, what, what what are they getting from that at, from that person uh-huh. well those are the places that are sponsoring the strongman there um, and it's 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 interesting. It truly is. It's, you know, we did a car deadlift event, and the cars were driven off the dealership lot right. that we did, that we were deadlifting. Like, you don't see that around here. If mm-hmm. you see a car deadlift event in the States, normally it's who drew the short straw and wants to screw the suspension on the vehicle.
0: Yeah, or it's just my car, because that's what we used. You yeah. drew the short straw. Yeah, it was it was my car. So <laughs> I was the promoter, and it was my car. But uh, I'll tell you what, a Jetta, apparently, <laughs> when you get it on dirt is nailed to the floor because nobody <laughs> can touch it. We tested it the week prior on concrete, and I had a lightweight, like a true lightweight, a 150 guy, yeah. picking this up for reps. I was like, cool, so we're going to have to add about 200 pounds to this to make it right. Yeah. Should be fine. And then I added the 200 pounds, and uh, every single 231 at that show, it pinned them to the floor. Good Lord. So it was a tie across the board on the deadlift for that entire event for all my weights. And I was like, what the f- the the fuck?
1: You, st- like, you still have that Jetta? I drove it today. Well, See so do you have a car deadlift setup? <laughs> probably not. Not with me. Um, I don't, so... I don't. I don't keep one in the car.
0: <laughs> I don't know anybody who travels with one. But uh, no, apparently it's 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 heavy. So, right now it's probably heavier because I have probably three hundred pounds of shit in the trunk. See so
1: now, I want to pick it. Yeah. yeah, the the
0: heavyweights yeah. were able to do it. Yeah, but the, none of the middleweights could even even budget, and some of them are some really good pullers. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, so being good at deadlift doesn't mean you're going to be good at a car deadlift, though. That was no, no. something that I learned. I just said good pullers, good pullers. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, if you can pull a car, usually you're good
0: at pulling another car. Yes, and I know several guys that you know were were good side handle pullers, mm-hmm. and it just didn't didn't work. Yes, and I was like, well fucking sucks to be you guys pretty much if one of you had pulled it man the point difference would have been extreme oh yeah i'm talking like eight more points for that one person good lord going through a five minute series it's like that's that's a lot of points
1: yeah that that's
0: that's podium yeah i mean that would that would get them right to nationals and to where they wanted to be but yep they just uh they couldn't do it Mm. and then we had a nice little 700 pound frame for my heavyweights, and it was made out of railroad ties (laughs) so rails and ties is what we made it out of um and it's called pain train lovely piece of equipment when we get you back to kentucky you gotta try
1: it you no know, to nice this nice. day that's the one piece of equipment i've never i've never touched and i've never competed with it's a frame i've never touched a frame and never competed with one what
0: the hell mm-hmm.
1: we gotta get you a frame i'm all about it we gotta get you a frame
0: um i know some good ones that are close um barry is selling a frame right now
1: i don't have anywhere to put it it would take it's- too much space in the gym i'm at Oh, I It saw. could go
0: up here on the stairwell again, and you could just run lanes with it. I'm sure they'd be really
1: happy So, one, pass. it wouldn't fit down the lanes. Two, got to get it up the steps. I really appreciate how strong you think I am. I mean, it's only um,
0: 400, bro. You can pick that up and carry it up steps. You'd uh, be fine. How,
1: uh, sure, a few steps, maybe. But
0: yeah, all of them. You'd be fine.
1: Do you, I, yeah, you, sure. you trust those steps under that? Because those steps don't trust themselves under me.
0: That could be an issue.
1: Yes. Slight problem. I, I broke one last year. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It took him six months to fix it. So, so when
0: are we moving you out of fucking Nova, man? Oh, when it Jesus.
1: Happen? Um, hmm. when am I moving out of Nova? Yeah. Well, either when I find a job, or Strongman starts paying the bills.
0: Hmm. So we need to look for you a job. That's yep. Here, because I mean, I want all my pro athletes to to make a ton of money. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal, and I think that would upper level of competition it would make things better. Yes. But until sponsors start just throwing fucking money at us.
1: Exactly. There's there's nothing that we can do and I think you know. with what's I think that's about to change though. I do. Um with what Robert Oberst, Nick best Brian Shaw and Eddie Hall are doing on the History Channel right now.
0: Yeah, what three of them are doing on the History Channel is really good. I like it.
1: And what one <laughs> of them is doing is just being an ass. I mean, he's a Brit. What do you expect?
0: No, no, I like Eddie. Oh. Yeah. Which who, who don't you like? The only one who's never won anything.
1: That's a little harsh. That's not harsh. That's he's a never li-
0: won shit. I, I can agree. And he thinks he's better than Braum Strowman. He thinks he is. And it's it's fucking pathetic. And I'm sorry, but um, no. I had um, a very prominent promoter um, contact me the other day. Mm-hmm. And we've been going back and forth about maybe getting like Jerry Pritch to come out and do a, um, like a seminar in Kentucky or Tennessee. And I, I really wanted to happen, but the price point just, it, I couldn't make it work. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough people to do the seminar no. that would actually pay for it and pay for his flight. And that was a per day price. And I was like, man, I, it's just too much for me to do. I love Jerry. Jerry's a great guy. I think he could teach a lot of people, a lot of things. Yes. Um, but the price point just wasn't there. And he reached out, backed out and, uh, and this promoter, I'll, I'll keep him nameless. I'll get mm-hmm. him on podcast later and then we'll talk about it. And I'll <laughs> be like, Hey, I told a story about you. Um, but he called at me and says, would you be interested in Robert Oberst? And I said, um, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> because the dude doesn't know dick. I'm sorry. He's just a big, strong guy. That's it. He doesn't prep well for shows. He doesn't compete well. He doesn't do anything. He tells the world not to deadlift because he sucks at deadlift. He sucks at deadlift.
1: He does. He That's...
0: zeroed every time at Worlds, except for this year, yes. when it was a lighter-ish deadlift. Yes. But otherwise, he sucks at deadlift. He does. And he says, oh, you guys shouldn't do it because I hurt myself. He hurt himself because he sucks at deadlift. Because everybody else in the sport somehow can deadlift. It's weird how that works. Kills <laughs> <Cool. coughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But he still deadlifts more than OB does. That is true. Good point. And he's a better
1: athlete than OB is in every way. Well, he's Polish and angry. Of course he is.
0: He's actually a really nice guy. I know. He, I, mean, was,
1: I met him at, the, I got a chance to meet up with Arnold. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I, I got he one was. of the very few existing pictures of him smiling next to somebody.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. actually a really funny guy. He's, yes. He's got some good jokes. He's got yeah. some good dry humor that will just slide right in and just like fuck some people up. It's, it's, it's kind of nice. It's almost like roast battle with him on one side. It's, it's kind of fun. Well,
1: I saw him on day one and asked for a photo and he uh was, he was with a girl. So I think I caught him at a bad time. And, yeah. I was like, okay, and then I came off. I came off the main stage after the final day with my trophy in my hand, and he turned around and smiled at me and acknowledged me at that point, and that was that was when I got a picture of him, got a picture with him, chatted for a second, and then I had to go. Um, well, you know, he came up the same way you are. Yep. He won the amateur
0: worlds. Yes, and so that his progression is it's along the same line as yours. Yes, so he can identify with that, and mm-hmm. he's you know one of the younger guys, so he can kind of see, hey, man, I know that's. That's a tough contest, mm-hmm. and now you're you're coming to the big leagues. So, trophy, where where is your
1: trophy? It's At my gym. At your gym. Yes. How would you like that trophy? I liked that trophy. I liked it a lot. It was unique. It was different. Different. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I know the guy who made those trophies. Oh, do you now?
0: Yeah, his, his, name, his name's Dave. His name's Dave? Yeah, his name's yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got that set up. where He did the, all the painting on that trophy yeah. and everything uh, and delivered it to, you know. So, I mean, I like it. So, but, you know.
1: I, I liked it a lot. It was, again, it was different. It wasn't like anything I'd gotten before. It wasn't. Generally, if you do this long enough, and I'm, I'm going to say, at the at least at the amateur level, you see the same kind of repetition between the trophies, the style of the trophy, even some of the swords start repeating themselves in yeah. battle axes. You get
0: swords, you get battle axes, you get plates, you get helmets. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of,
1: everybody wants to go with that Viking theme, and I'm like, man, that's cool, but let's do something different. It's overdone. Like, let's do something strong, man. Yeah. And that was, that, that was neat for me, um, because it said the Arnold on it. Yeah so that was that that whole experience that whole weekend was still Canada was my favorite trip but the Arnold was my favorite contest that was because that was one my my father's been at all my competitions that have been on the U.S. soil um, but that was one where my best friend came out um, my coach came out which my coach had been a one or two others my coach came out um, I had a lot of family out there I family in Ohio so, and I'd also made a promise to them because I used to go, I'd been to the Arnold Classic two or three times, just going to visit. Right. Um, Staying and, in lines. And exactly. Be angry. And they'd always harass me about when I was coming back. And mm-hmm. I think I said when I was a freshman in high school, I wasn't coming back till I was competing. And mm-hmm. that, so that was, there was a lot of nostalgia being yeah. there. There, there, there really was, like, I was finally here. That was something I said I was going to do as a freshman in high school and I did it. So that was, that, that whole weekend. I really can't even begin to explain the feeling.
0: So, what do you think is was your your biggest thing that, that got you to that win? Um, was it was it prep? Was it diet? Was it what was what was the one thing that if you did not have it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have come together?
1: Um. Uh, uh, honestly, it came down to three people. It really, it really wasn't. It wasn't the prep. It wasn't the diet. Like I was doing the work's never hard for me i live like a monk i mean i I work i train i see my daughter that's all i do that's that's it um so doing the work eating's never been hard for me um but it really came down to my best friend my coach and then my dad like those were those three people were really the big push over the edge um that was that meant a whole lot to me that and then leading up to that competition from the beast of the bluegrass my coach, the first beast of the bluegrass, was his last competition. He had a heart attack mid-competition at 27 years old. Wow. So, yeah, he almost died. That almost killed him. Um, so, I told him. I'm pretty him, sure
0: I was there. I don't remember it specifically, but I'm sure I was there.
1: So, he actually got checked out by the medical team there because mm-hmm. he couldn't breathe. He still finished, took third, I believe. Yeah. Um, got checked out by the medical team. They said, hey, like, you're fine. Like, we don't really know what's going on went to the hospital later on doctor came in with some paperwork to sign he said don't read it sign it He's like if you take time to read it you're probably going to die it was a widow maker heart attack I believe is what it's the slang terminology for it so he had stents put in so between going to that show and qualifying and taking the next step with him there that was huge like that that re- that really was just having like he and I aren't, aren't blood related but there is that connection there Mm-hmm. And then being able to kind of pick up where he left off. Because I know that really hurt him. He had big dreams, big aspirations, and they were taken from him. Yeah. He's a
0: strong, strong son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Every time I seen him, it was like, just wow.
1: Still ornery as hell, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you you can't lose meanness. No, you can't. You, <laughs> you can't make a rattlesnake nice.
1: It just doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know, they never want to be petted. So, so it really wasn't one anything. It was just those three people. Okay. Having them there. Were you able to take your daughter with you to the Arnold? No, I wasn't able to. Um, she's she she's four, so she'll be five at the end of this year. So she's just now, in my opinion, getting to the point to where I would I think she'll enjoy it to some extent. Mm-hmm. But at that early of an age, I didn't want to do that to her. I mean, she's not really going to understand what's happening. It's loud. I would have to have somebody else watching her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also, when I have her, I want my focus to be able to be on her. Right. And I would have felt guilty, I think, not being able to go focus on, not being able to go focus on my daughter, not spending time with her. Okay. So. So with your training cycles, mm-hmm. how much rest are you actually getting? How much, how much sleep? So how much sleep? Oh, geez. I'm lucky if Monday through Friday, I'm looking at maybe six, six and a half hours. So I'm lucky. You got a CPAP? Nope. you going to get one? It's on the list.
0: Yeah insurance cover it (laughs) uh i don't know we'll see i mean you do have one of those nice government jobs it might
1: so Uh, it's it's possible yeah we'll we'll see i mean it's it's one of the things it's on the list of things to do um but just having to space my pto out properly or my paid time off so i can go compete Mm -hmm. i i don't want to take a day and go i've been so tied up so i think this off season i'm going to have that's going to be one of the investments that's made it's going to be a cpap for everybody that i've ever known to get one uh it's game changer Mm -hmm. I mean, like,
0: life and death game changer. Yes. um, Changes everything. So, your gains should be a lot stronger. Yes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This segment has been brought to you by Gorilla Strength Equipment. They build the equipment that we all use. They take great pride in what they do and believe wholeheartedly that things worth doing are worth doing right. Everything they send out, they're proud of, and every single item that comes out of that shop has a lifetime warranty. Just as important as producing heavy-duty quality equipment, is providing top-notch customer service. Their number one purpose in life is to make a difference by helping people. Their goal is not to make a transaction with a customer. That doesn't mean shit. It's to create relationships, build friendships, and help people achieve their goals. The home gym craze is really just gone crazy. People aren't wanting to go pay 40, 50, 60, 70 bucks to go to a gym. And spend you know several hours of their life there. They're trying to do it in their home. They're trying to do it in the garage. Trying to do it in the basement. They're just trying to get it done. So this is a place that you want to go to. Gorilla Strength Equipment will make just about anything. The creative mind that David Dennis has is unfathomable. I'd, I've helped him design stuff myself for strongman events. You might have seen our equipment at Mammoth Strength Challenge. You might have seen it at Kentucky Strongest. You might have seen it at the Arnold Amateur World Championships. Last year, we just used the Bubba bar as the axle deadlift for that championship. Now, we were able to load that bar up to over 700 pounds. There was no flex, none, none whatsoever. And we still had enough room to put another 400 pounds of bumper plates on there. See, they make great stuff. You need it. I need it. I use them all the time. I've got hubs. I've got axles. I've got bars. I've got grip stuff. Everything that you could ever need from Gorilla Strength is there. You need to contact them and let them know. Now, we're running a special deal for you. If you're listening to this podcast, if you use the coupon code H2OCAST, that's H2O-CAST, when you do your checkout, you can get a Bubba Bar at the low, low price of $120. And that's shipped. That's everything included. That's called, you spend $120 and it's going to get delivered to your house. That is fantastic. You're not going to find another deal like that. Now, these are the same bars that we used at the Arnold Championships, the Amateur World Championships. We use these bars. They're fantastic. So if you go online, you go to GorillaStrength.us and you use the coupon code H2OCAST, it's h 2 ocast then you can get these very, very, very special bars for only a hundred and twenty dollars, shipped to your house. Normally they're a hundred and fifty, so you're getting thirty bucks off. This is a huge discount. Everybody, go and check out David Dennis at GorillaStrength.us. And we're back. So CPAP is in your future. Yes. Ish. I would highly recommend sooner than later. Yes. Before anything else, before ice bath, before any of the rest of it, Mm -hmm. get a CPAP so you can actually sleep. I agree. Um, Sleeping would be absolutely ideal for that uh, recovery and muscle building stuff you like to do. Yeah. Um, So with you being a Nova, you do have a lot of other things
1: that are available to you. Um, Have you tried uh, sensory deprivation yet? I have not tried it yet. Um, Mm -hmm. That is something I want to do. However, it's... (laughs) So I'm, I'm a creature of habit to a fault, and mm-hmm. I don't like deviating from my days, and that is something I'm working on. I haven't tried sensory deprivation for that reason, and also I don't I do not not see the importance of that, I guess, level of meditation almost. Mm-hmm. However, for me, I can't justify taking time to do that when I know you know, an ice bath or a hot tub or getting a massage or getting grassed and done or getting a CPAP or all things I feel would benefit me further along in the future. Mm-hmm. I already do a lot of time in my day to meditate. Um, that is something I do every day without bail. Um, well, here's the here's the, the fun part about the sensory deprivation. Um,
0: the water is body tip. Mm-hmm. So when you get into it, it's it's really helping you with your circulation, it's okay. helping you with all your other bodily functions. Okay. And it keeps you in the water for that time, and you're also getting all the magnesium because it has Epsom salt in it. But
1: that's the only way you float, I
0: believe, is because
1: it's so. Because the, it's so, yeah. yeah. So you're
0: going to absorb a lot of that salt. Hmm. Um, you're going to get a lot of the Epsom in you and the magnesium. Yes. So you're going to actually feel better when you're out of it. Okay. Plus you get that meditation time. Okay. And you get to actually turn everything off because you're a guy who's always busy, always thinking, always mm-hmm. go plan up the next thing. This is the time for you to just. Turn it off. Yes. But not necessarily be asleep. But a lot of people fall asleep in there.
1: I will fall asleep.
0: Yeah. And that's that's fine, but spend the time. Yes. You know, take that time out for yourself. Where I'm at in Kentucky, uh, it's two hours away for me to go oh, to do that. So if I'm in Nashville, I try,
1: but no, nah, that's not going to fucking happen. Do you, do you take, like, the, the Joe Rogan approach and take some questionable substances to help unlock memory portions of your mind and then do it or? as much as I would love to try DMT.
0: I've had trouble finding it and uh, I just need to
1: find it. So
0: that's, that's pretty much key right there. Um, but like when it comes to, you know, those kind of substances, how do you feel about legalization of substances? I'm all for it. Like marijuana is the biggest one right now.
1: I'm, um, I'm all for it. It's not something I could partake in because of my job, my, right. my occupation. However, I see as somebody who, when I was when I was growing up, and I had to have my multiple foot surgeries, I dealt with all sorts of opiates. Mm-hmm. Um, the pain was it was extreme. So, and on my last one, they actually did right before I went into my junior year of high school, and I actually ended up missing, I would say two or three weeks at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. um, and then I went back, and I'm midway through the day. I'm sweating. I'm cramping. I have headaches. I'm sensitive to light. My stomach's upset. I don't know what's happening. I think I'm sick. Bear in mind, I'm pretty sure at the time we could have gone ahead and given the nurse my medication, and I could have hobbled down the stairs as a even in high school at that point, I was still 260 pounds on crutches. I still was were little, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a little fella, little guy, <laughs> um, but I wasn't trying to go down to the nurse that often. It just coming out of class, it was already a hassle getting around up high school. Well, midway through the day, I'm having all sorts of issues, so I called my mom, saying, "Hey, I'm having problems. Like, I need you to come get me." And she thought I was sick. Like, I thought I was getting sick. Oh, it's just too much. Come to find out, I was actually going through withdrawal. Yep. So the scary part of that is that I had actually become addicted doing things the right way. I wasn't abusing them. Yep. Um, I couldn't. I mean, my parents kept... I mean, I couldn't get up really on my own. So I was being given everything way I was supposed to. And then the first day I go without, I, f- I feel that way. Yep. That was absolutely terrible. So for me to see this and see there's another option for the guys... Yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. There's no reason not to at all. Yeah, and that's the way a lot of people
0: go. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my brother started out that way. Uh, he hurt his back when he was young. He's a plumber, mm-hmm. construction worker. I mean, he worked all the time, but his back always hurt because mm-hmm. he lifted and, you know, he, he picked up awkward, heavy shit. Yeah. He didn't do strongman. He didn't care about it. Mm. But, you know, he did that. And it turned, you know, later on into a pill addiction. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into a, a, a heroin addiction. And then it eventually killed him. Yes. Um, and he was under my employ when that happened. Oh, jeez. So I was, uh, I was living in Maryland, owned a landscaping company, and he was doing work for me. He was a plumber, so I was I would have him do the inside work. He was completely tatted up, but at the time I was like, Hey, man, let's keep those covered. Yeah. Um, because, well, you know, we have customers we're in their house. Let's not do that. So he was working for me. He was mowing, trimming, uh, doing inside work, doing construction work, doing plumbing, doing whatever we needed, and. I got to a point where I paid all of his bills. Mm-hmm. I didn't give him cash ever, never once. When I give him cash, he worked for for work. him to live. But I gave him everything he wanted. Yes, all the food he ever wanted. Um, I gave him a truck. I, I filled it up with my card. Um, everything I possibly do, to just make sure because I knew that it where was the money would it, go. It was a problem, mm-hmm. but he was finding ways to get money because he was he was resourceful. He'd yeah. go and he'd work, and I'd go fill the truck up. And I'm like, man, how'd you drive 400 miles since yesterday? Well I was doing work I was like No you went from this city To this city To this city That's 36 miles Yep How'd you go 412 And you need gas already How, how, how the fuck that happened an option And It just went that way So he goes into a Home Depot And then he falls down With a heart attack And uh, they do CPR on him For 30 straight minutes till he gets to the hospital On the southeast side Yeah So going into D.C. Made it fucking terrible <clears throat> Just Awful um, and he never he never recovered out of it yeah um, um, and it, it all started with fucking pills because his back hurt that he was given yeah that a doctor said hey this is a good idea and then more doctors would give it to him yep because he say, hey I'm in pain yep and they go here you go have you heard of a uh, Kratom Kratom I've heard of it but it sounds like some I don't know like I see the places that sell it around yes. where I'm at and it looks like some fucking methadone clinics it so- it does not look legit. It's always set up like in vape stores, yeah, and like really shady looking places in not great neighborhoods, in between a cash loan place and a laundromat, mm-hmm. um, where it looks like they were selling straight heroin off the corner. Yes. Um, so kratom, I don't, I don't put a lot of faith
1: in because of that. But I have no experience with usage or anything else. So you're 100 percent right for not putting face in it from places like that. Yeah. Um, however, before when Kratom first came out, it wasn't on it, it's still not on my no no list for work, I don't believe. Right. Um, however I having I used it a few times. I really liked it for pain for pain control. They have multiple different forms of it. Is um, it an, it's not a narcotic though, it's not a it's, it's a not a schedule one. No it's it's a however it just because it's not a schedule one doesn't mean it's one of those things that could be brought into question Mm -hmm. um and i asked my regional security officer i'm like hey like i've been using this stuff like it's not on our no-no list but where are we at with it he did a little research and just advised me hey it's probably best if you're not um only because it was still within the gray area okay cool so no harm no foul um but that stuff actually i i really liked it i did um, you've got a, you, you have a white strain, which is going to be for more energy and, and cognitive cognitive function, get you going, get you moving. You have a green strain, which is going to be for mood elevation and cognitive function and pain control actually.
0: So it's an upper and a painkiller at the same
1: time. So here, yeah, he, exactly. Well, so mood elevation being, it's going to make you feel happy, but you're not exactly going to be energized. You're just going to be more content doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was using it just to take the edge off my hips, my knees, my feet. Um, and then you have your red strains, which your red strains are more for relaxation, help put you to sleep. So it's a plant, and there's no, there's no, there's no, it hasn't killed anybody. It's actually been used in Thailand for 2,000 plus years. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Thailand and start looking at it, there's actually, they give you the death penalty for even having it because it started cutting into their opium production. Really? Yes. Like that's yeah it's it's not addictive um it was primarily being used for in the states by people to help get them off of various pain medications because we do have methadone well methadone isn't your your insurance will never pay for that they'll pay for you to become addicted but they won't pay for help you get rid of it it's very expensive yeah well, Kratom's not and it's a plant it's not manufactured mm-hmm. it's a plant so it, it's just for something if you're looking for something to aid in pain or to aid with pain control it's not a bad it's not a bad way to go Um, especially right now. They tried to make it Schedule 1, um, but when Mark Bell, when the Bell brothers produced their uh, documentary Leaf of Faith, they had enough of an uproar from public that the DEA was just kind of like, well, we can't do this. Like, we can't. There's no no feasible reasoning why this should be a Schedule 1 narcotic. There's not. Hmm. However, it is completely naturally occurring. Therefore, it cannot be patented. If it can't be patented, it can't be sold. Excuse me, or sold. Your insurance can't pay for it. And then the FDA cannot be approve cannot approve it, unless it's patented by somebody. Right. And so if it's never going to be approved, it's never going to be used for prescription base only, as of right now.
0: But marijuana is.
1: Mm-hmm. How is it any different?
0: <laughs> Couldn't tell you, my friend. So they'd have to make it a medical use type thing mm-hmm. in order to make that work. No. And that's weird because there's no pharmaceutical company that can actually make it, but mm-hmm. there's companies that produce marijuana. Yes. Like there's the big one that's in. Uh, in Canada. Mm -hmm. Was it uh, Avion? Um, um, Alvin. It's huge company. I have very
1: very limited knowledge. Yeah,
0: they have, like, football fields where they're growing the stuff. And they're actually the biggest sponsor for UFC
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, of all the places, you know, ever. Because Rogan used to get, you know, hammered for, (laughs) oh, this guy smokes weed. Well, he's part of the company. Oh, we can't have that. And now their biggest sponsor is weed manufacturer. So it's like, "Mm." I I feel like the... uh, I feel like the whole country is kind of making that shift towards that way. Yes. Because there's so many states now where it's legal. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy of mine was like, hey, man, we're going to be at the Olympia. It's legal in Vegas. we got to get high. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I think you're looking at it wrong uh, for the reason we're going to Vegas. Um, we need to do other stuff, too. Like, I'm trying to take my mom and, you know, dust off her ashes out there. Not just going to get high. He's like, but it's legal, bro. We can go. I'm like, yeah, I have a job. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. I work for a living, so mm-hmm. I need to not go get high. So I'm just saying, you don't work for with like a job, and I do, so yeah, let's not do that. Um, but I would love to see it just go federal and just be oh, legal. Yeah. Because I think it would make life just so much easier. And not to mention, it would put a real hurt on the cartel. It yes. really hurt them coming out of Mexico, because that's a lot of money that they mm-hmm. just wouldn't have. Now, they're going to replace it with something else. Yes. Absolutely. As any business would. Yeah. If you go to GM and you say, hey, guys, you can't make anything out of aluminum anymore, they're going to go, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to make our money some other way.
1: Yes. We're going to figure it out. Because they're a
0: business. Yeah. They're a business first.
1: But it's all about money. But that's exactly why it's taken marijuana so long to book, to get to where it is now as far as the legalization processes go. It's a business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out how to make money off it. So, I mean, that's where it sucks for it sucks for the people. It's not fair. It actually makes a whole lot of sense why it's taken this long. Yeah. Um, but I'm I, I'm all for it. Like, I really am. Um, that's why I know you may not be a fan of his, but Robert Obers, he was one of the big big pushes for that within the WSM. Allegedly. Allegedly. Al- so he says. Yeah, so he says. And well, yeah.
0: he also says lots of things. Like, he has an American log lift record that he doesn't have. Like, he has an American what? Log lift record that he doesn't have. Had. Yeah, had, yeah. And who judged it? Who was there for that?
1: I don't know. I've seen videos that didn't look like a very big competition.
0: Yeah, that's just it. It wasn't, it wasn't a Strongman Corp competition.
1: Oh, no shit. No?
0: Because oh. you know who had to judge that? Dion would have had to judge that, wouldn't she? Pat. Pat? Okay, she's so Pat, and yeah. I was talking to Pat about this last night, and he's like, yeah, I don't remember that shit happening. Fuck that guy. Oh. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like, Kearney is a much better log lifter. Yes. Like, much, even at a, as a
1: 231. Oh, yeah. Much better log lifter. But no one's ever going to give him that kind of credit, because he jerks it. I don't give a shit. Neither do I, quite frankly, but he everybody else puts does. Up
0: some fucking log. But the thing is, when he got that first record as a 231, and he did that big log, you just saw Facebook and all of Instagram just become, everybody knew how to split jerk all of a sudden. And oh, everybody yeah. was doing it. And I'm like, man, that's great. But learn it the right fucking way. Get an Olympic coach to teach you
1: how to do yeah. it. You know, don't just think, I'm going to throw my foot back so I'm good. <laughs> it nah. even, it's even better because if you watch any of his seminars – Rob Kearney, if you watch any of his seminars where he's going over that, Mm -hmm. he goes over log pressing, but the man can push press too. Yeah. He's got a strong push press, but the jerk makes sense for him. Mm -hmm. But in his seminars, if you watch any of them, he says, this is how you do a jerk correctly. And he'll show a jerk. He's like, but if it's a log, this is how you actually do it. Yeah. So he's taking the time to actually figure out how to jerk a log. Mm -hmm. That's not something anybody's going to teach you. That's years of experience. Yeah.
0: And have something that he really developed to be able to to do that. And you have to have an Olympic background to be able to do it anyway. Exactly. You have to have something in there that says, hey, form is correct. Yeah. And, you know, the right way to set the knee, set the hip, mm-hmm. how to push back. And most of your big guys who do big logs, the reason they don't split jerk, they're not that fast. No. They can't move that well. No, they can't. So they're just like, fuck it. I'm going to bend over backwards. And I'm going
1: to bench press it, and then I'm going to stand up. Now, don't you dare start making him fun of us, okay? Hey, I'm one of you, remember? <laughs> okay. I'm one of you. Um, I just have better
0: shoulder mobility than some of you guys do. That's the only difference. <laughs> I can stand up better. <laughs> but okay, Otherwise, yeah, it's lean all the way back Yep. and, and push because you can't move your feet that fast.
1: <laughs> the so, key is to push yourself half the distance away from the barbell that the barbell actually has to travel. And then you sit up with it, so yeah. you're only doing half a rep. Yeah, it, 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 you're
0: just holding <laughs> it in place and just backing off of it. Actually, exactly. And really. so, yeah, it's it's not too bad. But I mean, I've I've actually got Rob scheduled for the podcast. Cool. So I think um, sometime around October, I'm mm-hmm. gonna fly to Massachusetts and go and do that, and then hit some Boston comedy clubs while I'm there because I'm like, why not? You're Fucking, there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got to I've got to have fun with this. The whole point of this podcast for me is the traveling. Yes. I get to go talk to all my friends, all the people that I that I know, I love, I respect, and I get to travel around. Of course. Why not do this? No, it's um, vacation. Yeah. And hopefully I can start to receive some sort of financial benefit from it. Um, speaking of which, go to uh, the, this website that I'll post in the description and help support the
1: podcast. Um, I'll have to put this in it post. Let me see here. Now, are you, are you just on Spotify or are you elsewhere as well? that's where I found you.
0: Um, where the app is, um, we, I use this, uh, this app called Anchor. Mm-hmm. And it, it posts to everything. So it's on Google uh, Podcasts. It's on Apple. Um, it's on all the other platforms, on Spotify, and then a few of the others. So I have to look at the the support list. But it's on, like, every single one of them. Okay. Um, and the, the app works great. Sweet. I can edit it from my phone. Um, the way it works, it's, it's all a phone app. Yeah. So when I put it on my Chromebook. Like, I can just edit with just fingers. I don't have to have... You know, like Audacity or anything else to edit. I can just go on my phone see what the flag is, um, pull it up, see my wavelength, listen to it, and then mm-hmm. just cut it right out. Yeah. Um, much easier to edit than anything else I've ever dealt with. Yeah. Um, but overall, the podcast has been great, man. Um, I really enjoy doing it. Um, it gives me time to come, you know, hang out with you. Um, I get to go see Pat. I get to go see Barry. Uh, I'm going to see Chad tomorrow. So, I mean, it's, it's always fun. I don't know, I keep looking over my shoulder. I'm like Is somebody behind me. You'll you'll see her coming. Don't worry. She's, oh, okay. she's not little. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, she's yours. I my wouldn't.
1: daughter, by the way, not whoever that may have sounded like. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. I guess context helps with that. Yeah. Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't have video for this one, so no, 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 no. no. Um, but yeah, it, it's your your kids. So I wouldn't expect like you know,
1: small small child. Well, I was really kind of worried because um, her mom's like five two. Yeah. Right. Her mom's like five two, and I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm not very tall, but I'm very broad. I'm only like six one, mm-hmm. um, but my true concern was that she was going to be like five foot two, but have like my shoulder width. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, like, good be, be god. Rough. I mean, all daughters hate their dads when they get to high school, anyways. But if she gets to high school looking like a fire hydrant, she's definitely going to hate dad. Yeah,
0: and especially when the beard comes in, it's going to be rough. Oh Jesus, it's <sighs> <gonna be> really... <laughs> <laughs> she'll look like uh, what is it, uh, grimly? Yeah, that could be tough. <laughs> that could be really, really tough. So. With your with your rest cycles, mm-hmm. not quite fine tuned yet. No, your meditation is kind of there. Mm-hmm. Your training is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going in, and breaking everything down.
1: Diet, <sighs> Di- diet's an interesting one. It it truly does depend on if I'm leaving, and this is I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to it's going to sound like I've left the country a lot. I haven't, but it truly does depend on that. If I'm getting on a plane travel outside the country then my diet is actually going to be a little bit looser because i want to put on a little extra weight Um, that's something i want to do because when traveling i tend to lose five to six pounds and that's something i've noticed big for me is that a five to six pound drop or gain excuse me my body's hypersensitive to but as far as what my food consists of base is going to be eggs fruit uh red meat rice not really any chicken. I think there's a, I think there's a lot more micronutrient value in red meat than mm-hmm. there is chicken. Um, kind of quote Stan Effring. You ever seen a jack chicken? No, you haven't. I've seen some pretty big cows.
0: Yeah, seen some really big cows. So
1: um, that being said, it does obviously the red meat does wreak havoc on my blood pressure, especially when I'm eating two to three pounds of it daily. Um, so how's your vitamin D consumption? So help to uh, negate that cholesterol. So at one point in time, the vitamin D consumption was right on point because I actually worked in a nutrition shop. So I actually was able to get all my supplements kind of free sale. Mm-hmm. Um, however, those have kind of taken the back burner with some recent expenses that have taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than hanging out outside. No. No. Well, the good thing is, is um, you can go to like Walmart mm-hmm. and vitamin D is super
0: cheap. Yes. Um, it's like right up there, like a B complex. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to get it from a vitamin store because it's all the same shit. Yes. Um, getting it from milk is a possibility, but then there's a lot of, a lot of extra calories in there that you don't really need. Well, um, And the sun... Man, unless you go out there like naked for 30 minutes at noon, Mm -hmm. you're not getting vitamin D.
1: Well, quite frankly, we have not discussed my meditation practices yet, so.
0: Oh, so those are outside (laughs) at noon, naked, (laughs) so now we know. But uh,
1: seeing your lovely
0: tan that you don't have, um, that makes me think that you're not getting enough of that vitamin D. (laughs) There's a very good chance of that. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, if you could, what about the blood tests?
1: Have you checked? You want, huh, well. I can tell you no I haven't, partially because I'm I'm worried. Um, that and this is gonna this is something I was wondering if it was gonna come up. I'm worried about what they're gonna find. You want to be dead honest with you. I'm worried about what's gonna show up on those blood tests and not because I'm worried about I'm not I'm not so much worried about hmm, what trouble they'll find. I'm gonna be worried about the doctor and how the doctor's gonna read those.
0: Well, in quoting Stan yeah. Um, he does work with a company who just does blood tests. Yes. Um, and, like, he gives, like, a discount code off of his website and some other stuff, and it's just for you to get your numbers so you can look at it
1: adjust accordingly with your mm-hmm. diet, get your shit fixed, mm-hmm. so that you can start being more at a prime level. Well, and that was, I guess my absolute concern would be is the, and I, I don't necessarily trust myself to read those. I truly don't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something I know a whole lot about. And I do understand you can study and you can up your knowledge, but there are some things you're just not going to understand completely as far as the whole picture goes, unless you're a doctor. Right now, growing up, I've been a big guy my whole life and it's always been, well, your BMI is a little high, you know, you should consider doing this or, you know, your blood pressure's high. I was like, well, I'm 340 pounds. Like, of course my blood pressure is going to be high. Like, tell me something I don't, is it going to kill me? Yeah. Well, eventually. Yeah. But I was like, okay, well I'd like to find what out- do they consider to be high? <laughs> um, I failed I remember the first time I failed a physical for a blood pressure issue Was when I was 15 or 16 I was, getting a, I was getting a high school physical done for football And I ran a 130 over like 98 or something That's high? They considered that high They failed me on a sports physical for it That's horse shit it's so hypertensive maybe But not fucking high Now my I, I'm going to assume mine's drastically higher now um, but it's my biggest issue has been finding a doctor that's willing to look at me for what I do for what I am and say, okay, this is what it says for what you're doing right now. This is sustainable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, however, later on down the road, we're going to need to come here. Not the doctor that looks at me and says, you need to lose a hundred pounds. Yeah. We just need to find you the right doctor. That, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, the good thing is, is because you're in the strongman world, mm-hmm. you can reach out to a lot of people and ask them like, Hey, who, who's your doctor? Who are you using? So, and that's one of the benefits of the Arnold Pro, because if I'm correct, I've heard from guys that when you go in, that they give you a full, a full rundown, if I'm correct. I think so, yeah. As far as blood tests, I think the DEXA scan is still an option, so. Because right. they really don't want you to die on the stage. No, they don't. And it's really not good for publicity. No, <laughs> no, so, not at all. Yeah. Um, but looking at that, I'm excited to see, to have it done there, mm-hmm. because I know whoever's looking at those and talking to me, I know the other guys they're looking at, and yeah. I know it's not going to be unnecessary statements. Yeah. Um, and all the all, all statements the doctor makes, the doctor is going to believe the necessary. However, I'm not your general 350 pound Caucasian American male.
0: Right. They're typically just fat blobs. Exactly. And they're looking at it as that because the BMI test, all BMI is, is, it tells you how much space you take up on planet Earth. Exactly. It's not a measure of fitness or physical health in any way, no. shape, or form. When I was at 340, which was about a year ago. Um, my blood pressure was like 125 over 70. Oh, I would love for that to be the case. <laughs> I'm at 300 now. My blood pressure is like uh, 125 over 70. Okay, there's really not a big difference. No, but it's because of the diet and that calming. Mm-hmm. I make sure to take my time mm-hmm. to chill the fuck out because yes. I was a very angry person. I mean, mm-hmm. and when I was angry, it was it was rough. So that's why, I like, when I bring up sensory deprivation, try it because mm-hmm. it'll 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 chill you out. And when you're not tense all the time and not, like, just always on the go, yep. and you can relax and get some actual sleep, mm-hmm. life will get better. Now, when my mom was dying, my blood pressure was not great. No. Uh, that was not a good time for me. Basically, between January and May, mm-hmm. it was just it was a shit show the whole time. So, my levels were not great at that time. Yes. But since then, everything's kind of calmed down. Mm-hmm. it's come down. I had a DOT physical because I'd drive for a living for whatever reason. <laughs> I continue to do that in my life. Um, and everything came back peachy keen. Mm-hmm. Everything was just fine. Um, but I think it's because of these extra things that I'll do the extra little treatments, the meditation time. Yes. And I'll even take my time to go and just scream my my blue fucking head off. Yeah. Um, especially like when driving. Mm-hmm. I'll get a song and I'll <laughs> just as loud as I can possibly <laughs> go until like my voice is gone. Yep. And then at the end of it, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. And it's it's like I took um, it's like I took a penetrill and I'm just about to go to sleep. Yep. I'm like, good, all the energy's out. I'm just. I can go to sleep. I'm done. So it's kind of nice to, to have that that possibility. Just want to bring it up to you. It's just just to put that idea in your head. Yes. The Arnold's a long way off. Yes. Maybe get that shit done before. Yes. Because I mean, if it can make you any more competitive at that show, yeah. Then why not? And that's the goal is the Arnold. I mean, that's the biggest payout in strongman. Yes, I agree. So. I want you to do as well as possible Mm -hmm. because the more people that come out of world amateurs instead of going through other routes, Mm -hmm. the better off this sport's going to be. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Because then everybody's going to go, hey, I want to get there. The best way to get there is this way. Yes. And going through Strongman Corp. to do that only helps it. It Mm -hmm. helps the sport, and it brings more money to the sport. It doesn't go in Strongman Corp.'s pocket. Mm -mm. That's not a a billion-dollar industry. It's just not. No. We want the money to go... To those athletes. Mm-hmm. It should be about entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's what it's for. So the idea is keep this train rolling mm-hmm. and make it better. Yes. So the more that I can do to help you to get better, I'll do it. Whatever it takes. So I'll reach out to a few friends that I have. that Please. have Doctors that don't suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll see what we can't get done. Like I know a great ortho in Island.
1: Well, I also grew up in military doctors. So that's probably...
0: Yeah, I grew up with those two, and they fucking suck. Yes, sir, they do. Yeah, because they always told me I was too fat too, and I'd show my PT scores, and they go, "Well, how did that happen?" I was like, "Uh, well, that's what that's when I run, I just
1: lean forward and don't fall down." Did you ever get a fat doctor tell you to lose weight? Uh, I never had one that was bigger than me. Okay, so Um, that's never that's not taking a shot at those people who might be overweight, but yeah, I I do remember having in high school. What was I was a senior in high school, and I think at that point I was still about 260 pounds, and. He started discussing BMI with me. Bear in mind, this gentleman is sitting on a rolly, of those little roll-around uh, mm-hmm. chairs and have a back on him. And he had to be 400 pounds. Damn. And he's like, have you thought about losing a little bit of weight? I was just staring at him. Oh, dear God. Now, at that point in time, I wasn't as jaded and tainted. I wasn't quite an asshole yet. You were developing. Uh, yes, I really hope I don't run into that man now. <laughs>
0: he probably didn't make it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh... My old man's in a nursing home. And he, he's still with it. He's, you know, right here with us <laughs> on mentally. Just he's lazy as fuck um, and won't take care of himself. So he's he's over 400 pounds. Yeah. But there's a nurse who works there at night. Uh, I'll, I'll leave her name off, but we all know who she is. Who, people that I know, they know who she is. And she straight up asked my dad where he got his power chair because she wants to use that at the nursing home to give care.
1: Oh, Jesus. She,
0: she, she won't push the cart down to rooms like that has all the pills in it. Yeah. She'll load them up on a Desk chair and push that down there because the cart's too heavy. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? There's nurses that are there that are all of 110 pounds, soaking wet, holding a brick, and they're pushing the carts, and they're small carts. They're not even like that big. No. And I'm like, what? The f- are you fuck? Oh my god. And she seriously, I think is gonna go and get um, a power chair like Dad's got. He's got one of those jazzies, yeah. You know that you know roll around, yeah. And she wants one of those. I was like, what? F- are you fucking kidding?
1: I could. And, and I'm supposed to trust you with saving people's lives? I've got too much pride for that. I couldn't do it. <sighs> like, they tried to give me a little motorized, a little rascal thing when I was in high school when I had my final foot surgery, and I was on yeah. zero weight policy. Mm-hmm. And that was something they even brought up. Like, well, we do have one of these. dude. <laughs> you should have done it just to run people over. No, no. You see, I w- well, no, because the crutch had more reach. True, and you can throw the crutch. Uh, well, I, you see, I was highly, still am highly uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't about to sacrifice one of those buffies. Yeah, but you can hit them with
0: it. So that's, I mean, it works. So you could have had the crutches attached to the cart, then had reach
1: and mobility. You could have done that. I don't think they would have given me both. Some, uh, I, my father would have known exactly what was going on with that, He's especially when you put a nail at the end of it. stick sort of sticking people.
0: <laughs> now I will get on Dad's chair and I'll like when I'm at his room because I, I visit him about every day. Yeah. Um, I'll be in his chair. Yeah. And just sitting there because you know with the chair in the room. Yeah. And I'll ride it down to the Coke machine and get me something. <laughs> He's sitting there at the snack machine, just sitting there looking up and going on oh, what I want. I'll get that Snickers bar, and I'll get that Snickers, and I'll open it up, and
1: then I'll drive back down to his room, and <laughs> wait until one of those hundred ten pound nurses goes by. So does the sponge bath come with the chair? Yeah, and I mean I ask him because I used to work there, so oh, okay, I, okay, I, okay. I still
0: know most of the residents, most of the people, um, almost all the um, employees, unless they've not been there for six months. Yeah, I have a very strict rule. I don't know your name till you work here six months because you're probably gonna leave. I do the same thing with my bouncers. Yeah, I'm like you're not gonna fucking you're not gonna hang out. Yeah. No. So let's let's talk about bouncing for a second. Oh Jesus. Um. So I'm lucky enough I get to work security every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um. I run a little a little small company mm-hmm. in uh, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and uh, I enjoy doing security. Mm-hmm. I hate bouncing. Yep. Bouncing fucking sucks. And you know the difference too. That's the thing. You know the difference. Yeah. There's there's a huge difference because when I have to work a college party
1: or something else and those stupid drunk kids Uh, i want to kill them all you do know that mary washington college is right down the road right Mm -hmm. you do understand that's a liberal arts college right yeah you ever have a a grown man scream at you put my crocs down or my dad's gonna sue you what yes sir i shit you not wow i've
0: had some pretentious kids that are like i pay your salary and i'm like motherfucker i'm private no you don't (laughs) well you're a cop right no, No. <laughs> so that means I can face plant you now, and I can go home, and you'll lay here and bleed, and I won't care. Um, but it's it's they're few and far between. Usually the ones that um, that are in the same fraternity as like my old boss was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'll call so and so. I am like, fucking call him, and then I'll tell him that I quit. Yeah, because if he if he tries to change my mind on what I am saying to do on my job, yep, then I am going to tell him to kick rocks, and he, pay, he pays me for the night. Yep, um, and that's come up a couple of times. He called me like, "Hey man, so-and-so called me." I'm like, "I don't give a fuck if they called you. Why are you calling me right now? It's two o'clock in the morning. Why are you calling me?" Yeah, don't fucking call me. No, it's not within the hours. You're paying me. Don't call me. Yeah, I'm like, there's there's no reason for you to be contacting me right now. No, nope. everything's fine. He's like, "Well, they just they said that you were kicking people out," and I was like, "Yeah, they sucked. They got kicked out." <laughs> I gave them three warnings. That's way nicer than I normally am. Yep, and that's it. But in all my time of doing it, I've only had to go hands on. I think twice. And like actually have to remove someone without just suggestively saying, Hey man, do you like walking? Cause it's hard to do on broken legs. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh, oh. um, one guy was just, he was at a waffle house mm-hmm. and he was so belligerent. He was punching his own friends Yep. and he couldn't make words. Yep. And it's when his friends started punching him back. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, we're going to stop this. I now. need to save
1: you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs>
0: We went over there to get him, and then he started kind of moving with us, and we just we placed him down on the concrete yep. very gently. Um, there wasn't that much blood. And then I moved him over to the dirt because it had rained and it was softer. Mm-hmm. So when I put my knee on the back of his neck, his face went into the dirt a little bit. Yep, um, And it was softer for him, so I wanted to help him out. But then when the cops got there to arrest him, he uh, still couldn't talk, still couldn't do anything. Yep, And uh, we talked to his friends after. And turns out he was celebrating because he just had a child. Oh, jeez! He was just out for the night trying to have a good time, and I'm like, dude, he's not been drinking. What else has he been doing? Yep. And they're like, well, he was with this one guy. We don't, we don't really know. Uh, so I don't know if he was on bath salts or what. But yep. there was no sort of audible noise he made that mm-hmm. we could discern as any kind of language. Some, um, God, he was
1: trying though. He looked like he was doing, you know, like pointing <laughs> the finger and like talking <laughs> words
0: and nah bruh it was just not going down
1: you know i'm lucky enough now um the place that i work at now i've been working for the gentleman that owns this establishment for almost i'd say probably about five or six years now mm-hmm. um he he had a different establishment which was just up the street the city the city ended up shutting that place down and um he took what he learned from that location and applied it to a new location and i'm, I'm lucky now I've, I've earned my stripes um I don't get involved in things unless it, it gets bad unless it becomes truly necessary um, the guys that work under me they they do they do a really good job um, we we have an understanding the bar will hire bouncers and then I'll turn we'll, we'll hire people I'll turn them into bouncers if they can be used they stay if they can't be they get cut loose so how many times do you watch Roadhouse a week I think I've maybe watched that a grand total of three times in my whole life what yep how are you not watching that more? It's a great movie. So one, I have this thing where if I sit down in front of the TV for more than five minutes, I go to sleep.
0: That's that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I also have this thing where I leave my house at five thirty, six 6 o'clock in the morning, and by the time I get back in town from going to work, I start training, I don't come home beforehand, I usually get home around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And you need that sleep, yes, sir. With that new CPAP, you're going to get. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Damn straight. We got to get you that CPAP, man. <laughs> Damn you know, I'm, straight.
0: I'm telling you, after like the first night, and you wake up, you're just going to feel like a different person.
1: You know, that, that's what I hear. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to. So my coach actually, when I very first started working with him, um, I was right around 300 pounds, and he's like, "Okay, we have to get to 330, and you need a CPAP." Mm-hmm. And I didn't take him seriously. Didn't take him seriously. Um, didn't get one. Didn't get one, and that would have been the time to have gotten one because I had a lot more free time. Uh, but now it's really looking like this off season is probably going to be. Not even this off season. I'll, um, even if I, I would, I would bump it up to like within the first two weeks of August. That's what. That's what I was thinking because after Giants Live, if I choose to take that competition in October, if everything pans out properly, because mm-hmm. I really want to, I'll still have months in between. So I'll I'll be able to, I'll yeah. be able to get one then. That's the plan. If I can get a at home study, I think would be best. At home study would probably help, but I mean you've
0: you just got to get it done. Yeah, and if if the study comes back and says you don't, then just buy one.
1: I think I'm just going to get another study then because there's no way I don't. Yeah, I mean
0: there there, there has to be. No. But. Just get
1: one. Yeah, I mean you can you can still Craigslist them
0: fairly cheap, three four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's not uh, bad. They're not bad, and they have the self self adjusting ones.
1: So, no shit. Yeah. What's the point of getting a study if you already know you have it? I mean, I'm three hundred and fifty pounds. I'm pretty sure I have it.
0: Well, because the study uh, lets them adjust one for you. Okay. And then doctors have to get paid.
1: Oh, so Craigslist? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's still it's still an option. I mean, it's there because what it is is little old people will go and die, and then they're like, hey, I have this equipment. What do I do with it? And they want to sell it.
1: Yeah. That's really what it is, I mean, so especially, it's, it's, especially if it's self-adjusting.
0: Yeah, and a lot of them are that like self-auto-programming type. Yeah, uh, but you have the doctor there just to, you know, bless it and say, okay, yeah, this is the settings that you need. But again, you find some doctors who just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You, you know, and I,
1: I've met one doctor that I that that I, I really could say I liked, and he was a gentleman that did my foot surgeries. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason I liked him is because I went through five other doctors before he rotated my foot and said oh well it's not broken there's your big toes growing under your foot at this point it's like well yes it is you can see that yeah so i've not had good experiences with doctors like i said
0: there's a great ortho she lives in uh in roanoke she works for the va mm-hmm. um but uh she's married to
1: chad clark oh Her geez okay
0: yeah, it's uh yeah
1: I need, JC. To, I need to meet him i keep hearing his name i've seen pictures of him mm-hmm. i don't know how i haven't crossed paths with him yet Come, um,
0: come with me tomorrow. We'll, we'll be, I'll be in Roanoke. <laughs> so actually, I'm taking I'm
1: taking the rug, the Rugrat to the beach. So never mind. Go do that. That's yeah. way more fun than I'm gonna have in Roanoke. Are you it's kidding okay. me? Do you see how white I am? It's gonna be terrible. You can get that vitamin D though. Sunscreen. Yeah, they th- sunscreen doesn't. No, it it doesn't work. It Just doesn't. <laughs> no, it just it just doesn't work.
0: You just burn and go back white. Yes, Lobster
1: albino. lobster albino.
0: That's a great way to be.
1: Yeah, that means you need to move north. That means I need to move north. I like the cold. I do. Yeah, I like the Canada.
0: Cold. Would be a good place for you.
1: So, contrary to popular belief, there is not a perpetual six-foot state of snow on the ground up there.
0: No. Canada
1: was singly, single, one of the single hottest places I've ever been.
0: Yeah. Um, I got a, a friend who lives in Alberta, and she was telling me it's
1: like 103 the other day. Yep. I was like, that's hotter than Kentucky. Yep. Fuck that noise. And the humidity, oh my God. I got off the plane in Montreal at midnight. Yeah. 85 degrees. I took a deep breath, and I got a glass of water with it. Hey, you got you got hydrated. Like it's, it's good. It's fucking midnight. Yeah, it's
0: not supposed to be happening. Right, but I guess on the west side it's not nearly as humid. I hope not. So yeah, but that's that's just the way that they talk. I mean, it's all North America. So yeah, okay. for the most part. But it's humid here too. So yes. Yeah. Welcome. I know at home if I don't have my dehumidifier on during the summer. Yeah. Uh, everything's wet in my house. <laughs> my couch is wet. My chair is wet. It's like just. Oh. Wet like I will grow mold in my house, Jesus. If I leave that dehumidifier off for two days. Yeah, I didn't spend much time outside when I was in Kentucky. Yeah, it was just it's not it's not great. But in April, it's not bad. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the next thing I'm going to do is try to talk you into coming to Mammoth in January. Talk to me about Mammoth. Yeah. So Mammoth is um, it was the biggest show in Kentucky Mm -hmm. for this year until Beast because he got 130 people. And I had 110. Oh, Jesus. So it's it's a competition, but it's friendly. Because Davey's a great guy. Yeah. I love Davey to death. Yeah. And he's been in Kentucky doing Strongman for 13 years mm-hmm. now. I've only been there for five. Okay. Um, fair. But I was overseas. I was doing other stuff. We've been in Strongman about the same amount of time. Just yeah. I've been other places. And I was here for a long time. Um, but my goal is to make Mammoth the biggest show possible. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. want to make it a, a, a pro-am because he already has Beast. Yes. Two pro-ams in the same state. Not going to be a good look. It's no. just not. And I don't want to ask for it because we need other promoters to do it. Exactly. There needs to be one in California. There needs to be one in Florida. There needs to be one in every other every, every place. Yeah. Um, so I don't. But I do try to make Mammoth the biggest show possible. Okay. So one of the things I'm going to do with Mammoth is make it a record breaker. Hmm. So I think I'm going to do a Max Block. So uh, with the Max Block, I'm going to try to get Steve Schmidt to come down because yes. why not? Uh, trying to get Josh Reynolds to come down because, <laughs> hey, why not? Uh, Terry Raddy doesn't live far away. Um, Anthony Furman doesn't live far away. They're both in Kentucky. Um, so, to get a few of those pros to be able to just come down, try some records, yeah. have some fun, maybe do some guest spot judging, maybe some announcing, whatever. I just want pros to come and have a good time. Yeah. It's not an official pro show. No. But, man, come hang out. it yeah. would be great. Get out, talk to people. Because yeah. my goal this year is 150 competitors. Now, I did have 200 on the field at the time. Okay. Because I had, um, what was it, 60 um, CrossFitters and 40 Highland Games guys. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All on one field. Wow. So, and it's in an arena. It's dirt floor, um, but stadium seating. It seats like 4,000 people. Um, and I had over 700 spectators come out. Wow. It's great. We'll have SPF this year. Okay. Um, I'll have a full MOSS tournament and grip. Ooh. So, you can always do grip. Armlifting USA is a fun time. Yeah. I've um, never
1: done anything grip oriented. I've got I've got a decent grip. Yeah. Um, so come give it a yeah, shot. I think I'd pass on the moss though. I'm not touching that stuff. Why not? Biceps, man. I like mine attached. Yeah, don't use your bicep. I've already got one that's partially torn. I don't know if I wanna.
0: Yeah, just don't don't use your bicep because you don't use a bicep in moss. Okay, well. So you grab the stick and you pull it, but you don't do this. Uh okay. You're not you're not rowing a boat. That's not the way it goes. You want to keep those arms as straight as possible mm-hmm. and they stay there. But this is a strong man, and stupid shit does in fact happen. It does. And the last bicep tear that I saw mm-hmm. um, was, I think it was with Tim Sewards mm-hmm. at the Arnold. Yep. And I looked at his setup, and I was like, he's going to tear a bicep. Oh. Uh, Snap. There it went. Did you because at least go tell him? I couldn't, because uh, okay. I saw it on a video. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I was okay, working okay. strongman at the time. I can't go tell anybody shit. Yeah. But I saw him, and I saw him line up, and he was right here. Oh, and Jesus. And he's like this. And I was like, dude, that bad idea. Well, I uh, don't. 'Cause he's putting tension into yeah. the bicep. And as soon as you straighten it, it loosens up. There's nothing there. Yeah. So just keep your arm fucking straight. What? You don't ever do this at once. No, 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 no. If you're going to move this arm,
1: you move this shoulder. Well, it's because you this twist the back. This is more comfortable than this is. Especially especially if you've been trained strongman and your mobility is shit. Yeah. Like so that's... get some voodoo
0: floss and fix that elbow. <laughs> and then we'll be good. All right, all right. Don't have old man elbow, you know, and that's not a problem. <laughs> no. Um, because the amount of injuries, and I've seen my fair share of injuries. Yeah. Way more in Strongman. Yeah. Way more in CrossFit. Basketball, football, baseball, every other sport yeah. besides Moss.
1: Well, my, my buddy Ulyss swears by it.
0: Eulis is great. Yes. I love Ulyss. Yes. Ulyss is such a good dude. Um, my athlete is uh, Devontae. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the guy who took second at the Arnold. Okay. Um, and the year before that was Logan Emery. He was mine, and he took second at the Arnold. Okay. Um, and then Mary Kane, um, uh-huh. the girl who beat everyone, um, she's also one of mine. Um, I love moss. I love teaching moss. I love dealing with moss. Um, on this side of the country, you're not going to find a better coach. Okay. And I know that's just me bragging, but forget what you do, say it. Fuck it. I'm I'm really good at coaching moss. Okay. Um. So why not try moss? You say it's bicep. I say bullshit. If you do it the way I tell you, you won't tear a bicep. Okay. Same thing for like tire flip. I see people tear biceps on a tire. Yeah, it's because they put like, their hands in between their knees. Well, you can do it that way, but don't lift with the bicep. Well, it's because they get tired. That's why it goes here. All the weight goes right here. Yeah. It's all on the shoulder. You can lift a tire and just set your hands there. Yes. You don't have to lift this way. No. And also, when they get to the midpoint, they want to do this and then turn that one arm and put all the weight on the one. No.
1: And then it tweaks. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't flip one hand. If you flip your hands, you flip both of them. And you really even shouldn't have to worry about that flip too much until it sits on your chest. Yeah. And then you can get both hands under the tire and press. And if you have to go this way, why not just be here? And go
0: here exactly. Create this th- is this is a much better position to be in, and then push that tire off, creating more surface area to push with. Right, and I hate tire flips, but yeah. I love tire flips. Oh, that's Jesus. one of my favorite
1: things. But can you deadlift? So my deadlift is not great. Okay, that's, um, okay, but I can. Okay, well, so I've I've noticed that most people who like tire flips cannot deadlift. Yeah, with the exception of a few people, but but like on a moss board,
0: there's not many people I don't beat. Um, I went against uh, you know Shane Hammock. The name, yeah. Okay, so three thousand pound powerlifter, mm-hmm. prolific nine hundred pound deadlifter. Yeah, right. I yanked him across the board like he was my bitch. <laughs> like twice in a row, there was no contest. He's like, dude, how much do you deadlift? It's like five. He's like, what? He's like, you're not like eight hundred pounds. I'm like, no, speed. I don't have to be because for this, it's not it's not about the strong deadlift. It's about being able to move. Yeah, it's
1: it's speed ultimately. Mm-hmm. Kind of like arm wrestling, I would assume.
0: But I, I straight pulled him. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really jump. No. I like I slid a foot and then just went left shoulder and yeah. went down. And he was like, uh, "What happened?" He's like, "I don't, I don't understand how this happened. I'm confused." Yeah, he's like, "I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what happened." And I mean, Shane is strong. There's no, there's no questioning that at all. Oh no, yeah. Um, you pick 900 pounds above the floor, you're strong. Yeah, you you get right into that category of fucking strong. Yeah, you're you're up there. Um, seven, yeah, you could be strong, but nine, I mean, you're yeah. You're, you're fucking strong. Um, but, I mean, Moss is, Moss is fun. I really enjoy it. There's only a couple people that I know that are good at it that don't like it. Usually, if they don't like it, it's because they suck at it. Yeah. typically me this way it goes. Um, Pat is one of those guys. He's really good at it. He can pull. Yeah. He just hates it. That's fair. He just doesn't enjoy it at all. And I'm like, dude, why? He's like, I don't like it. I just don't want to do it. I bet you can deadlift. <clears throat> oh, cough. <clears throat> he can deadlift. Yeah. And he's good at it, so I mean, all those things kind of they it, they play off of each other. But yeah. the other one, the other guys that I know that are really good at moss are also big deadlifters. Yes, Martins, probably the best moss wrestler
1: on the planet. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about that either. Yeah, and he's a great deadlifter. He is. No, he yeah he, I, his stance confuses me, but yes, I agree. But it works. I'm not going to tell him it doesn't. For for his mechanics, it's yes. what works. Yes. Um, and I think if
0: somebody were to take. I think anybody can be that, that good of a deadlifter, um,
1: but they need to have the right mechanics and the right setup. Well, and I think there's a little bit of, with, when deadlifting, there there comes a little bit of reckless abandonment, especially when we get to those higher numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't and deadlift is one of my specialties. That's one of the things I take a lot of pride in my deadlift. Um, but I can tell you that there comes a point where you just have to tell yourself you don't fucking care what happens, and that unfortunately, you can take all the setup time you want, you can do all the accessories you want to do. But it is one of the most hostile positions to be in mm-hmm. at any given point in time. Yep. And it just, there there has to be something wrong with you to be a really good deadlifter.
0: Yeah. There's a reason why dead's in the name. Exactly. There really is. Because you might die. Yeah. It, it could definitely happen. Precisely. But, I mean, so, Mammoth, end of January. Mm-hmm. It's, what, five weeks before the Arnold. Okay. So come down, have some fun, lift some silly shit. <laughs> and if you don't want to do it, you don't do it, but come and hang out. I'll, I'll see if I can get down there. I should be able to. I really liked Kentucky. I did. Yeah. And we got the Corvette Museum. We got okay. a bunch of stuff for kids. Uh, I won't say it too loud, but Dinosaur World Okay. Yes. is there. That might be a really big deal for you. Oh, uh, damn. If Evan's listening to this, then I'll be stuck with two kids. Yeah. So I'm just saying, but it's it's a really good time. And it's like five miles from my house anyway. Okay. Um, but it's fun. It's outdoors. You know, you get to go walk around. It's, it's always something cool to see. Yeah. Um, but we always have good stuff in, in Kentucky. And we have bourbon.
1: You do have bourbon. Copious amounts of bourbon. I probably won't be doing that much bourbon drinking five weeks out of the biggest show I've ever done.
0: No, but you can come there and buy it and then um, drink it after the
1: You see, I have this problem. I just don't keep it around.
0: (laughs) Oh, see, if it's here, it's going to get drank. It's going to get drank, yes, sir. So you'll buy it, store it at my place, and then I can give it to you after you win the Arnold.
1: And then the bourbon still gets drank. I just get the empty bottle. No, no, okay. I, I mean, I buy my own bourbon. I'll okay, with that, but I'll, I can save it for you. Okay. I'm a nice guy. See, I'm, I'm offering a service
0: here. That's what it is. So, it, how can people find you on Insta, Twitter, Facebook, all the
1: all the things? What do they need to do to go find Bobby Thompson? So, I'm only on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Twitter, I don't totally understand. I don't, I don't either. Yeah. I'm on it, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just share shit. <laughs> pretty <much>. <laughs> Yeah. No, my, uh, my Facebook's under Bobby Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my Instagram's under Coach Silverback. Coach Silverback. Yep. Okay. Um, not not too hard to find. I mean, it's... I'm, I'm on there fairly frequently. I usually respond pretty quickly to the messages. I'm mm-hmm. not that difficult to come across. Are you doing a lot of, like, instructional videos
0: or... I, what, what kind of stuff? You just training videos? or what, do you, what are you putting out?
1: So, it depends on where I am. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I just now... Well, thanks thanks to my sponsor Cerberus and uh, Ken Wiki, they just introduced me to do IGTV. Okay, so that's I'm moving towards more of kind of like the instructional stuff slowly with time, with that being available. Okay, so I have to cut everything down to four segments of one minute. Yeah, I hate um, the
0: whole segment thing.
1: The TV thing, I think, is a good way for them to go. Yes, really it is. so um, but and then a lot of it's just me training. Right now, there's not a lot of training videos going up just because my training has been very minimal at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to be too repetitious with stuff. Um, I'm getting better at posting a little bit about my personal life. Okay. Um, that's just I'm. Um, I realized it was becoming very business oriented for me, yeah. which I'm trying to branch away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of hard to do because I really don't do much. I live like a monk. Yeah. I mean, I love training. I love the lifestyle. It's what I do. I don't go out. I work. So, yep. Coach work everybody. during
0: the week and then work on the weekends too. You know. Yes, helping sir. Help other people not make stupid decisions. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bobby, I really want to thank you for uh, mm-hmm. you know spending this time with me, opening up your house to me, um, even mm-hmm. though it's in Nova, one of the worst places in the entire world. Yeah, um, but I really appreciate your time, man, and uh, thanks for being on the H Two O Cast. Well, I appreciate being here.